0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pick A Side Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Jack Bartek and Riv. This is now episode 39 and today is going to be a great episode. We have a lot of topics. We're going to recap week nine. We're going to talk about the Bucks and Saints mostly, but that's going to be later on in the episode. It's going to be a heated debate between Riv and I. Then we're going to talk about the midseason MVP, our picks for MVP so far, and we're going to talk about who is the most underrated quarterback in the in
1: the NFL thus far. And I just want to start by saying last night when Joel sent the topics, he sent the topics list. And this was after, you know, Riv was throwing his parade after the Saints win. <laughs> he sent the topics list and he said, I'll see you tomorrow. You better come prepared.
2: Yo, you know it's crazy. I was parading at the first half, like I was yeah. not even <laughs> the game was over.
1: I was ready to run through a wall when I got that text. <laughs> I was pumped. I'm just saying. I think people are
0: taking the Saints win way too way too seriously.
1: You mean we won't debate it, it right it. now? Hold it.
0: But I'm just saying, taking the Saints win <laughs> way too seriously. If you guys, if you guys want to know what I'm gonna say there. Either skip over to that part of the episode or just watch through the I way, all I the way through. I promise
1: you're not going to want to miss it.
0: And then after we do our topics on week nine and the most underrated quarterback and the MVP so far.
2: Oh, and your other loser team, um, the Bears.
0: We're going to finish off the episode with NFL pick on week 10 and our power rankings for week 10 of the NFL as well. A team, a team made the cut that people are going to be surprised. About. I
2: struggled with my power rankings. I, it was tough. I, I did. Number ten is going to be so much different to you guys. That's. I'm yeah. going.
0: I'm going to be honest. Like my power rankings switch every week because I feel differently every week. And it's so and even it's like, even though like sorry to cut you off, but no, like my power rankings are based off the season. It's really mm, not based yeah. off who I like. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. My number one team is not the team I think is going to make the Super Bowl or win it.
1: That's what I'm saying. Not like every it's, week. It's tough for me to determine between like. What have we seen from them this season, and who do I think is going to win a Super Bowl? Uh, so I tried to balance both of those mindsets in my power rankings. But I just we'll take get it week that. by week. Yeah, that's
2: I do this. I just go, who is the best team at this point this week? I don't like to think that far ahead.
0: <clears throat> so there's going to be a few games that we're not going to talk about today, like the Broncos Falcons being one of them. We're not going to talk about that, but the topics that we have today are basically about the game but the the biggest headline from the game so we're gonna talk about the Vikings and Lions but mostly about Dalvin Cook stuff like that I think we're definitely not gonna talk about um the Jets and Pats we're not gonna talk about that not gonna talk about the Giants and Washington we're not gonna talk about that <laughs> that
2: was a good game
0: it was but like we're going to talk about the better games yeah that you know yeah that's the week let's get along
2: because your team's lost a lot this weekend I want to get to that <laughs>
0: I, you better check your record on pick em. The teams that you picked lost You picked the Vikings You picked the Lions to win I also picked the Lions I picked the I'll tell on myself
2: Are you excited? You also picked You know what? Come on, let's start it up Start it up
0: So the first topic is What's the problem in Chicago? The Titans beat the Bears The mm. Bears look flat And I just want to know your takes on What's the problem in Chicago? Do you think you were more impressed with Tennessee? Or is Chicago really disappointing you right now?
2: You want to go
1: first? <laughs> I'll start. So, there's problems in Chicago, and I think you've hit on it for a couple weeks in a row now. <clears throat> Matt Nagy is the problem there, and he had a wonderful rookie season where, you know, he, he was new to the league and he experimented with some different things. Mitch Trubisky looked really good, and everybody thought that he was kind of like uh, Sean McVay Light. Sean McVay came into the league and looked great, but he's continued to be a very good head coach. Matt Nagy has been on a decline since he came into the league, realistically. And when you look at it, they're the number one in the league in penalties, which we've talked about it with the Jets. Highly penalized teams show no discipline, and that's on the coaching staff. The play calling is absolutely terrible. That's on the coaching staff, and Matt Nagy has said he's not giving up the play calling duties, well, which is an issue, and he should learn from Adam Gase that when Adam Gase gave up the play calling duties, the Jets look better. Granted, Daniel Logan isn't bad, and on top of that, they played Derrick Henry, one of the better running backs in the league. They limited him. They limited Ryan Tannehill. Their defense is very good. It's been the backbone of the team all season, and is one of the better defensive units in the league, and. Nick Falls coming in, he's looked good. So there's no reason they shouldn't be winning. There's no reason they shouldn't be a legit playoff contender. And right now, they just look so flat and they need to find a way to turn it around. And I just don't have hope that Matt Nagy is going to find a way to do that. I'm losing confidence in Matt Nagy.
2: I agree. I um think I think the the problem stretches out more towards just not Matt Nagy. I think his his decision making, his play calling on third downs has been horrendous and
1: fourth downs. Yeah, because he's, he's gone for a lot of fourth downs that he, I have watched, and yeah, I was shaking my head like, "What is he thinking?"
2: He, he was he's not good. But I, I think the, uh, another problem is the offensive line hasn't been healthy. You know they're they're missing a few key pieces on the offensive line, and they have no running game. So you can't. You're not gonna. No no offense, to Nick Foles. You're not gonna put all the. It's, all the, he's not going to beat you. like You need a running game in this league to be pretty effective. And this team has – they don't have many weapons or offense. Outside of Allen Robinson, you don't have many star talent weapons or offense, so you're already dealing with that. The defense has been the backbone of this team for years. Past two, three seasons, de- defense has been the backbone. So you need to get some talent on that offense. Matt Nagy needs to give up his play calling, but I do agree with Jack, and I also think that they need more weapons on the offensive end. They don't have a running back – to compliment Nick Foles. Nah, yeah. Nick Foles. He's and doing everything he can. He's just They're not good enough on offense.
1: It's a shame David Montgomery is looking like a super bust because I know a lot of people were very high on him coming out of the draft, and he has shown nothing in a season and a half.
2: Tariq Cohen fell off years yeah. ago.
1: He's hurt, though. Tariq Cohen's hurt. He hasn't played. Even so, he can't be a lead back. No, he can't. I He's a he, third he, down yeah, receiving yeah, yeah, Exactly.
0: But I'm about to hit on even more what you guys just said. I mean, you talked about... Third down and penalties and a play calling. You talked about the running game. I'm going to talk about all that right now. This stood out to me. In the first quarter, I mean, in the first half, they were flat. The Bears were completely flat. Absolutely. And I know that – I'm not sure if this was in the third quarter. I think it was. But I know that in a certain part of the game, it was third and 13. We're talking about play calling right now, third down play calling. Matt Nagy calls the screen for David Montgomery. The screen – is caught by Montgomery, he fumbles, and Desmond King takes it to the house. And that was the game changer. That was a game changer, but then we talk about the penalties, right? It was fourth and one. The Bears were in field goal range. Matt Nagy decided to go for it. They get a penalty. Fourth and six. They decide to go for it again. Guess what happened? Another penalty. Fourth and 11. Now they punt. Now they're out of field goal range. So now they had a punt. So penalties ruined that drive for them. The fumble by Montgomery ruined that drive for them. And then like the final score was twenty four to seventeen. Like it wasn't it wasn't a blowout by any stretch of the imagination, but it, it sure felt like it. Because I know that when you watch one of the bottom ranked offensive teams that they're like ranked in like the bottom twenty, it's abysmal football to watch. It felt like they weren't doing anything all game and you talk about Nick Foles, and Nick Foles, I've been an adamant adamant believer in Nick Foles, but he has not looked good. And is that the play calling? It can be. Is that maybe him missing some guys? It can be as well. That offensive line is so bad that Nick Foles always has to worry about getting hit. And because of that, he often overlooks, He well, he often misses his second and third reads on the play. At the end of the first half, in the second quarter, like to go – They were in a two-minute drive. They were trying to get a field goal, trying to get some points up on the board before the second quarter ended. Darnell Mooney was wide open on the corner route. Nick Foles throws that ball. That's the first down. He gets out of bounds there in field goal range. He doesn't see him. So things like that are a problem. And when you talk about the running game, David Montgomery had, what, 31 yards on 14 carries? Like, he looks lost. He looks (laughs) like he can't find the right holes to run through and he looks a step slow, I'd compare him to like a Jonathan Taylor. Like Jonathan Taylor right now for the Colts looks pretty average to bad, and David Montgomery has looked that way.
1: Yeah, and John Taylor actually looked pretty good to start the season, but he has really leveled off. But I think that the one play that you said in particular that kind of sums up what's going on with the Bears right now is that 4th and one sequence. Because not only do you have the weird decision-making to go for it, which I think... You know, I understand. I understand the analytics now is seeping into the game. It tells you on fourth and ones you should go for it. But then a five yard penalty, which we talked about penalties, and you're still going for it. A weird decision, and then another five yard penalty, and you have no other choice but to punt it. And that's just emblematic of what's happening
2: there. I mean, I get analytics, but at the same time, you, you your offense has been flat all game. That's that's. I would have went for it there. fourth and six no it was fourth fourth and one i'm going fourth and one is fourth fourth and six though the game our offense has been flat all game hasn't been good fourth and six just kick the field goal i don't understand going for it again i totally agree like that's just that's just the iq thing you've seen your team hasn't gotten going all game and you decide to go for it again that's a that's a coach mistake and matt nagy needs to give up his rights uh, at this point
0: you said matt nagy people thought he was sean McVay light he's Adam GaSe light.
1: He's like get, he, he's he's, be, he's better than GaSe but a little re- not, bit. You remember <laughs> you remember what I'm talking about when he first came into the league. Now he, the he was pretty, pretty good. Yeah. He was Trubisky. pretty good, but
0: something about me tells something something tells me that that year they were good offensively because
1: their defense gave them a lot of absolutely good
0: opportunities and great field position.
1: That's what it kind of tells me. And if I remember, that was a down year for the Division II. The Lions were really bad. The, the Vikings Packers were, were in between Teddy Bridgewater and Kirk Cousins. And the Packers had a down year that season.
2: And they lost, I think, in the first round. Yeah,
1: they lost to, they they won lost that game to the, the Eagles. Cody Parkey. Mistaken, yeah. Cody Parkey It was like the double doink. Yeah. Yeah. They should have won that game. You mean? They but but still, that game, that game should not have been close. No offense to the Eagles. The Bears should have dominated that what? game. And ever since oh, then. whoa.
2: What you mean? With, Never mind. With, know with Nick
1: Foles at quarterback, and Nick Foles did not play well in that Come on, game. Man.
0: <laughs> Nick Foles, no, but shit, the Titans allow 106 yards of rushing, and I don't think the Bears had over 60 this game. Like that's that's a problem. The Titans are one of the worst defenses coming into the game, yeah. and they couldn't capitalize on it. You know, I thought the Bears are going to do better. I started Darnell Mooney in fantasy.
2: I think this is like three uh, three L's in a row. Yeah, and, the, and I think
0: Darn, I think Darnell Mooney. Th- this wide receiver class is so stacked. Like there are a lot of stars. I think Darnell, Darnell Mooney's going to be a starter in the league for years to come. There was this catch that he that he caught, which he was out of bounds, but it was like a deep ball, and he caught it over a corner. It was an amazing catch. Like It was probably one of the best highlight plays that didn't count all year. And I was watching the post-game interviews with Matt Nagy, and this is what he said. This quote stood out to me. This is what he said. They're doing everything we're asking them to do. Mm. Yeah, that's obvious. That's why you're so bad. Yeah. That's why that's why the <laughs> that Bears are so yeah. bad. They're doing everything we're asking I them. I think to coaches do. are
2: idiots when it comes that's to That's why
0: interviews. they're doing the Bears are doing so bad. And a reporter, Diana Rossini, she had sources that said that most of the receivers in the locker room, they're not frustrated with Foles. I Foles I'm not, has played well. They they said they're more frustrated with the coaching staff. The sense around the building is that they're frustrated with the coaching staff. Yeah. So and I'm not sure what the Bears have to do. I well, I, I think doubt. It's what the I doubt do. that they'll fire Matt Nagy.
2: I don't think you need to fire him. I think you need to give up his rights as an offensive coordinator. I don't think. It, it I makes think
0: sense. you need to fire him. It, it's At this it's point, getting there
1: because he's shown a stubbornness not to give up his play that is calling. True. I would like to see how the season ends if they can right the ship. But if you were to ask me they right still have now, time. if you were to ask me right now, because they could still become a playoff team,
2: they're a game out of it. I think.
1: But if you were to ask me right now where they'll stand at the end of the season. I think they'll be closer to we need to fire Matt Nagy than a playoff team. I'm not sure
0: what Bears fans feel about this, but I know me as a Jets fan, if I had the, 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 the dilemma, oh my God, if I had the dilemma of a coach not being good and I want him to be fired and I know he's not a good play caller mm-hmm. versus the team going positive, I'd kind of sacrifice my team doing good for a season and just have him do bad so he can— Who knows?
2: It could turn, turn him around and make them do even like better. Because the, like the, the Bears can,
0: can go 9-7, and seven, and if they go 9-7, and seven, what's the reason for firing Matt Nagy? Exactly. You know, so they go 8-8 eight eight even. Exactly. What's the
1: reasoning? Because a lot of these games, they're not blowouts. They're Absolutely. there. They're in them. And I would say on the other side of the ball, because we've kind of, uh, you know, not focused on the Titans here— It's not great for the Titans. This should not have been a close game. The Bears did not look good at all, and the fact that it was as close as it was and it took that Desmond King fumble to really seal that game, it's got to be a little bit concerning for a team that we were so high on through the first seven weeks of the season, Mm -hmm. and now they kind of seem to be you know, pitter-pattering out. It's concerning, and they need to find a way to get back on track here. The Bears are obviously on a path of trying to secure
0: a playoff spot. They're in that playoff hunt. Another team that's in that same position is the Colts, and they lost. I don't know why you're laughing. You picked them to get blown out, and it was far from a blowout, that game.
2: They lost, though.
0: It was far from all a right, blowout. Right. But but I'm just saying the Colts versus the Ravens, do you think the Ravens redeemed themselves after losing to the Steelers, or it was just a regular game? You're not impressed by the Ravens, and the Colts are who you thought they were.
2: I'm not impressed. I feel like the Ravens did what they were supposed to do, be the team that they can beat. The defense showed up when they needed to show up. Their problems still are glaring. Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson needs to be a, pro, a pocket presence in order for them to be Super Bowl contenders, and they need and if in order for him, he needs to do that so they can beat the top two teams that they can't beat right now. Now the Steelers and the Chiefs, I feel like they can beat any other team with Lamar being Lamar. They can beat the Colts. They can beat the. Um, the Browns, they could beat the Bills, they could beat Miami. I think they can beat those teams without Lamar being a true pocket president. I think for him, he has to take that leap over the top for them to really be a threat to the Chiefs and Steelers. So I don't look at th- I look at this as a regular win.
0: This wasn't an impressive win, and I'm I'm willing to go out on, a, on out on a limb and say that if the Colts were to face the Ravens again, they'd beat them. T. Y. Hilton wasn't playing. Let's just get that out there right now. He wasn't playing the number one receiver.
2: I feel like he get neutralized.
0: Michael Pittman had a pretty solid game, fifty-six yards, I think, four receptions or six receptions, and the Colts should have won this game. Let's just be honest: the Colts should have won this game. In the first quarter, I'm pretty sure it was the first quarter. Jonathan Taylor he fumbles. The fumble gets picked up by Chuck Clark. He goes all the way and scores a touchdown. Without that touchdown, it's seventeen to ten. Because the final score was what? The, what was the final
1: score? Twenty-four to ten. Wait, wait, wait. 24-10? So you're, you're,
2: you're saying they should have won because they fumbled?
1: And the Ravens yeah, got you the can't, ball. you can't play that hypothetical. No, I'm just
0: saying, <laughs> the final score was 24-10. to 10. I don't feel like they should have fumbled it <laughs> in that situation. That's just me, right? And then Phillip Rivers throws a pass oh, wow. that should have been incomplete, but it was an interception that, that from was Marcus a, Peters. That was a bad call. That was the most bogus call I, I, I I've seen all year and maybe in the last five that's years. The one, that's the one you That was yeah. a bogus call, and the Ravens scored on that possession when they got the ball. That was one of the most bogus calls I've ever seen. And that was a killer for the Colts. After the Ravens got that, oh, Colts' Colts morale went totally
1: down. I I will agree with you. That call was terrible. Mm. Even with that call, I don't think the Colts win the game. One of the best parts of the win, in my opinion, for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson was 0-6 in his career when trailing at halftime. That was his first win since in his entire career trailing at halftime. They were missing two of their starting offensive linemen. They didn't have Marlon Humphrey, their best corner. Mm. And their run defense is one of, if not the best in the league. And they get great pressure on the quarterback. Their defense is the backbone. And like we said, I believe two episodes ago, it's not about Lamar Jackson carrying them because he's not Russell Wilson to this team. They have the opposite effect. That defense is strong and will carry them, and Lamar Jackson just has to be good enough to put them over the top. So if he can do things like he did on Sunday, the bringing them from behind, it's not a great competition, but it's a good stepping stone for them to build on. I don't like your disrespect towards the Colts. The Colts are a good team.
2: and They are, and, but the Ravens are above and beyond. And they, They're came, not above they, and beyond they came back the against
1: the Steelers, too. And even though they lost that game, they fought their way back in So I think it's good signs that Lamar Jackson is showing he can come from behind because that's been the biggest knock on him for a season and a half now is they get up early and they they depend on the running game, they chew the clock, and they win on time of possession, which I agree with. But if he can do what he did this week and even the comeback that he showed last week against the Steelers, it's a very good sign for them. And if he can do that consistently and a little better – they, they're a Super Bowl contender.
0: Lamar can't come from behind. The, the Colts lost this game. The Ravens didn't win it. As cliche as that statement sounds, it, it's the truth. The Colts were up 7-0 when Jonathan Taylor fumbled. We
2: keep talking about this 7-0. No, I'm a saying big gap,
0: Jonathan but. Taylor, when he fumbled, they were going to score on that drive. I believe it with my whole heart. If that score is 10-0 or 14-0, the game is totally different. The game is totally different. But because the game is 7-7, it allows greg roman and the offense to call different types of plays i feel like that play changed the complexion of the game and then
1: the marcus peters interception totally changed it. but let me say this even with those turnovers they still need to cash it in and the ravens offense did do that and i'll be honest
0: like jonathan taylor i I was high on him coming out of college i thought he was going to be good he seemed like a steal but he's slow he's not (laughs) elusive He's very slow. Their best running back right now is Naheem Hines. He's That's more best of a running receiving back. back, but no, he's a better runner than Jonathan Taylor. I'm telling you right now. I disagree. Now, he's a rookie. When, Give him time. Nah, he nah, was ne- He nah. was never supposed to running be this. Running backs, back. running backs, running backs, figure it out like this. They're not like the quarterback. Even at Wisconsin, running backs figured out
1: like that. Even at Wisconsin though, he was more of a power back than a speed back. He'll figure it out. I think that he when, just needs time. And this offense altogether is not very strong this season.
0: When you look at the numbers, like, look, he had six rushes for 27 yards, a touchdown. That's like five yards a rush. You think that's good. Oh, why didn't he get more carries? Because he fumbled. Because when you see him, when I see him, I don't see something special. I don't see a good running back. I just don't. And maybe you'll prove me wrong, but I doubt it. I think if Marlon Mack was healthy... He'd be their lead back. And right now That's Naheem. Naheem yeah. Hines has shown that he's a better runner and receiver. And Jordan Wilkins, as much as I don't like him as a running back, he's
2: he's looked better than Jonathan Taylor too. He's a rookie. It's, he's a yeah, rookie. I, I running backs as rookies are different. Okay, but it's st- like he's still a rookie. Like you got to give and, him some
1: time. And so no, under- no develop. piece of that offense has looked good this just entire season. Philip Rivers has been up and down. The receivers <laughs> haven't been healthy all season long. The line has had some trouble. The Colts had eleven tackles for loss. Mm-hmm. They had two sacks. They were defending Lamar Jackson
0: in that run game perfectly. Absolutely. The Ravens had zero sacks and two point five tackles for loss.
2: How many the, turnovers?
0: Turnovers. I think the, the Ravens defense, had a turnover. Darius Leonard had a forced fumble.
1: The defense is what turned the game around for the Ravens, which is what I've been saying. The defense is going to be the key cog for them to make a Super Bowl run.
0: I'll give Lamar Jackson some leeway, though. I don't know if you guys are watching the game, but Matt Scura, his snaps at center
1: were horrible. Yeah, they're having a they lot of problems with that offensive line too. <laughs> since you know the the uh, the injury last week, and they were missing two of their starting offensive linemen this week, so I'll cut them some slack. And I think they're showing good signs. They just need to build on a victory like this, come from behind, and a, a comeback last week that they built up. Job it, well it, done, yeah, Baltimore. It's, it's good stepping stones. They did what they had to do. It wasn't a perfect win. It wasn't a great win. But it was a good, grinded-out win. And in the NFL, sometimes you just have to do that. Ask the Steelers. They've done it eight weeks now, they it just, seems like.
2: They just struggled to beat who they, uh, the Cowboys. Yeah, but they the grinded Cowboys it out. Year. It Gotta wasn't get a great it. win, but. When is they a just win?
0: need a receiver. The, the Ravens need a receiver.
1: Yeah. Hopefully, Lamar, people
2: you, think you, it's dead. You, you saw Lamar's he uh, um, game; He's apologizing for not getting Marquise Brown in the offense.
0: I mean, Marquise Brown.
2: Uh, I'm sorry. Why they, did I call him that? Hollywood Brown?
0: His name is Marquise, though. but, yeah, but Hollywood. It, there, uh, there was a play, I think, I remember seeing where he caught the ball, but he failed to get his feet in bounds. Like, Mar- Marquise Brown is his own guy that he's an okay receiver. He's a good speedster, but...
1: He's not a great receiver. Yeah, and I don't think Dez is going to be that guy either. They need to either find somebody, whether it's a trade, a free agent, the upcoming draft, which is going to be tough because they're not going to have a great pick, but they need to find somebody.
2: AB would be mm-hmm. really good for them.
1: Our
0: next topic is going to be about the Lions and Vikings game. We're not going to talk about the game. We're just going to talk about Dalvin Cook because he's been on a tear, which begs the question is Dalvin Cook the best running back in the NFL? Let me right ask, now.
1: Before, but before we keep going with this topic, are we talking about this season? Yeah, right. That's, or are we talking about, like, moving forward, who would we want? I
0: thought we were talking about
2: this season. It can
1: be about both. Because,
0: I mean, if, it's, if this season you feel like he's better, then I think, You can agree. I don't
2: think none of us walked in and thought he was the best. I think that's what I think we're talking about this season.
1: I'll say, I'll say this season. I think far and away, he's been the best running back in football. He's first in yards. He's first in rushing touchdowns. He's the highest rated running back by PFF. Yards per carry, he's the highest too. And that's all for running backs. All behind the second ranked, the twenty second ranked offensive line in the league. So I think this season he's been undoubtedly the best. But overall. Like if we were moving forward every running back in the league healthy, I would definitely take Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley over him. I would probably take him at three. That's not crazy,
0: but I think there's I think Diamond Cook's stronger than McCaffrey. And I like that better.
2: I'ma say this. And McCaffrey jumps into what I, I think Alvin Kamara is the best running back in the league. Really? Yeah, I think his versatility is unmatched. I think if you if you talk <laughs> about if you talking about impact, he was Literally carrying a winning team on offense for three to four weeks, a team who was missing Michael Thomas, who was losing, who Emmanuel Sanders wasn't playing. I think best running back in the league right now, I'll give it to Alvin well, Kamara.
1: Let me I tell you, th- Diamond Cook's better, though. And tell- I think
2: going forward, I would take Alvin Kamara.
1: Let me tell you, you why McCown. I say Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley above everybody I would else. I'll take Saquon easily. It's because those two guys. Do it all, and I think they do it all in an elite level. They're both elite runners and elite pass catchers for their position. Christian oh, McCaffrey, young too. You could you could line Christian McCaffrey up in the mm-hmm. slot, and he would be effective. And I think you could say the same thing about Saquon Barkley. And they're so they're so good in space. They're so good in between the tackle. Those guys, in my opinion, when they are healthy, are flawless backs. The thing about Kamara, flawless. he's he's great in space. Mm-mm. Whoa! Wait! Okay, wait! Wait! Okay, yeah, let's Every, run this back. Flawless. Saquon is not. He's he's
2: I would, CMC that. is flawless.
1: His his CMC Saquon, is Saquon, Saquon Saquon's biggest flaw is blocking, and he's it's, got, hard, it, it's, it's bad. A very it's, it's a <laughs> very big flaw. <block>. <laughs> I mean, abysmal. I mean, pa- pass catching, rushing, rushing between the tackles, rushing in space, making guys miss like strictly from their skill set. Saquon has the most. I think
2: uh
0: the uh, Saquon is the most flo What I before. see
1: what I see with him what I
0: see with Saquon is that he's a guy that he'll get he'll get 2 yards here 3 yards there then <laughs> he'll hit that big one he also, I, I don't he see, also, I don't see him like Dalvin. Dalvin just gashes defenses. He makes a lot of guys miss, and I mean, he fakes them out, he jukes them, he powers over them. He's just very slippery, and, I, and he's I, a very
1: slippery running back. I'll say this: Dalvin Cook has shown me a lot this year. <laughs> I would like to see Saquon with a better offensive line because even though Dalvin isn't playing behind a good offensive line, even the Giants' offensive line has been one of the worst in the league the past two seasons. So. I, I'd like to see him be t- behind a half-decent offensive line. You,
0: you want to know what's my argument for Dalvin being better than um, Christian McCaffrey?
1: What? I would like to hear this, actually, yeah. Mr. 1K, 1K? It's 110? just a simple argument. Because I can It's, 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 I it's can not understand. even numbers
0: involved. This, well, it is numbers involved, but it's not, I'm not going like to overwhelm you with the stats. Okay, so Christian McCaffrey, he goes out. Mike Davis does a great job in his spot. And I, I mean a great job. A great job where you couldn't even really... Notice McCaffrey was out. Do you still notice? Because he's a great player, but Mike Davis did a great job. Alexander Madison steps in for Dalvin Cook. That offense, it's bad. Like well, it looks. It looks. That it looks, offense looks, has it, been bad. Either no, way. not with Dalvin Cook. With Dalvin Cook,
2: two straight wins. So wait. If, if, if we're talking about impact, if we're talking about impact, impact right a,
0: now it's Dalvin, you, no doubt about it.
2: Over Alvin Kamara, if Alvin, yes. if Alvin Kamara would have went out, went out of that offense they wouldn't have won those 3 I games. I love in a row. I
0: love Alvin Kamara. I think that's debatable. I love Alvin Kamara, but he's not even close to being the best running back in football. The, thing about, the you're
2: thing, talking thing about cuz you talk about impact, you're talking about impact um Dalvin Cook impacts they're they're losing though. So how much impact does he really if they're losing games?
0: For me, the thing about Kamara I is I just don't think uh, Alvin Kamara's never had a 1000-yard rushing season. I don't
2: think that's that, fair. That he, running back. We're talking about yeah, this year, though. Yeah, yeah, he's
0: an elite. He has 484 he, yards. He, he also has 565
1: receiving yards. Oh, yeah, that that's awesome. He's an elite pass catching back. But like you just said, he's not an elite runner, in my opinion. He's, he's not. He's a, he's a good runner, even a very good runner. Well, we're talking about, we're talking, he,
2: he's, a, he's, a good, he's a good blocker. He's a good runner. He's a, runner. He's a great elite pass. If, if we're talking about running back as a whole, he, he's one of the few that has flaws in his game. We, talk, we just talked about Saquon having a big fall, his blocking. Alvin Kamara is one of those running backs in the league with not many flaws in his game.
0: Yeah, Dalvin doesn't either, though. Yeah,
2: but we're talking about impact. Alvin Kamara's impact on the Saints was obvious when Michael Thomas was Let out. Let me ask
0: you this question, both of you guys. If that's Dalvin Cook taking that fourth down and inches carry, basically, for the Seahawks, for the Vikings against the Seahawks, they win that game, and they're 4-5 right now. Alexander Madison missed a wide-open hole to the right not even it was it wasn't even a hole it was it was open space (laughs) it was open space like literally somebody blind wouldn't even need like a walker to be able to go there
1: (laughs) like it was open I totally agree with you Dalvin Cook has been the best most impactful running back this season I have Kamara at two (laughs) and Aaron Jones at three this season alone but I think
2: I think it was, it, I feel bad for CMC because he got hurt, so he didn't get to defend his crown. Exactly.
0: Alvin Kamara has 471 yards rushing this year. Dalvin Cook in the last two weeks has 478 total yards. He has he has his yeah, he has wild. his rushing yards in two games. Yeah, and that's total he's yards, awesome passing and running. He's been wild. Like if if Dalvin Cook is in, is in that system and he's told to only be a pass catcher, I think he could thrive just as much as Alvin. Has I just even though I think he's a better catcher, I, I
1: don't think the two I don't think the two topics almost line up, or the two questions have the same answer. Who's been the best this season, and who would you rather healthy going into next season? I think In you my make opinion, make a case
2: for all of them. You could who make a case take? for all
1: of them personally. I think Christian McCaffrey is that guy at number one. Saquon, for me, is a personal opinion, just because I think he does so much and is so versatile at an elite level. He could fit into any offense, and Dalvin is becoming that guy, and he's shown it this season that he can be that pass pass catching back too, and he's an elite runner. Last year he was at four point nine yards a carry. This year he's at six. One person who's been a huge letdown is Ezekiel Elliott.
0: Yeah, he has, and he's he's been a
1: letdown for the past couple of years. He's still one of the best. Past two seasons he has been. He is he is definitely still one of the best, but he is not having a good season this year. But I think right now this season Dalvin is the best in the league. You no said, question which is a
2: uh, Dalvin Cook is at six right now. Kamara's at five. Well, four point nine. He's at nine. He's at nine uh, yards to catch though.
0: Yeah, that's cheese. That that usually halves the running backs though. Yeah, he's
2: pretty. He's versatility, man.
0: So you have Christian McCaffrey as your best running back. You have Alvin Kamara. See, you
2: can't say that he didn't play enough. Who? Christian McCaffrey. He said
0: it's moving forward as well.
2: Oh, so oh, who's so the best yeah, right yeah. now? And,
1: and I'm basing it based off of what I've seen in so the, the past. So the best right now you think so is who's Dalvin the best right Cook? Right now, Dalvin Cook.
2: Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think we all agree on that. But next season, if you had to pick no, a running back, no, I everybody was healthy. You're taking
2: him. I don't. Are you I don't. That, I don't. That's not a. I don't mind that Dalvin Cook one though. He's who are you dominant. taking?
1: He's I'm a, taking Dalvin Cook.
2: Oh, like who? Now is who we're taking.
1: that So next, oh, who, who am I? next.
0: Who would I would take starting
1: this season if uh, everybody's healthy? I would take I the think youngest I would, guy,
2: Saquon. I would,
1: no, 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 no. Not for the future. You're to one season. Damn. If if granted health, it
0: take, they don't no, get no, healthy. I no, will take e, Dalvin. No, Cook. Everybody's healthy. Yeah, I will take Dalvin Cook.
2: CMC. I'm taking. I'm taking one K, one K. I gotta go one K, one K.
0: So this is the next question. You guys probably saw the game Collar versus Tua. It was an exciting game, the Dolphins versus Cardinals. It was one of the most exciting games of the year. Mm-hmm. I wish it was the 8 p.m. game because the Bucs got embarrassed that game. Yeah, But it was a 4 o'clock <laughs> game nonetheless. Yeah. So do you guys think Tua Tagovailoa will lead the Dolphins to the playoffs? Tagovailoa. <laughs> really? really?
2: Is he Hawaiian? Yeah, he yeah. is. That makes sense.
0: He's got that 808
2: face. Man. I, hope I, his, I, it, I hope I said his... I hope I pronounced
1: his name is right. Is he
2: Samoan Hawaiian or no? Nah? Well, I'm, I'm not, not sure. sure. You have to search it up. His name gives me Samoan energy. Tagle I want
1: to start here because... Don't ask this, me how to spell that. This is hard for me to say as a Jet fan, but I am adopting the Dolphins as my team for this season. Oh, my God. You're just
2: like this guy. The
1: Jets, the Jets are showing... Your, your obviously, the Jets are aren't fine. winning. Obviously, the Jets aren't winning anything. I'm fine with that this season. I want them to win the lottery, get the first overall pick. But I enjoy watching the Dolphins. They are a really fun team to watch, and they have done seemingly everything correct. And you look at it, a lot of people, including you, were down on Tua last week. Everybody was was piling on Tua. He didn't do much. He didn't contribute to the win. (laughs) This week was a shootout. So his numbers this week, 20 of 28, 248 yards passing, two touchdowns, no turnovers. The more impressive part of those numbers is that eight out of eight or ten out of those passes, eight of them being completions for 140 yards were on throws at least 10 yards downfield after only three of those throws in his first start, one of three. And I think that he took a huge step forward. They were not babying him this week. This was a shootout with a very good quarterback in Kyler Murray and a good team of the Cardinals who me and you both predicted to make the playoffs. They're no slouch of a team, and he stepped up. He looked comfortable. He was opening up the playbook and making, like, elite-level quarterback plays. Like, he looked like he belonged. there. The first week, I agreed with you. He looked sheepish out there, and they were babying him into the offense. But they really ramped it up this week, and he responded. But I think that the more important part for the Dolphins making the playoffs is is the defense. They've forced 13 turnovers this season, 7 interceptions, 6 fumbles. They've had defensive touchdowns in back-to-back games. Coming into this past week, they were number one in the league in points allowed, and I think a lot of it has to do with the play calling. Brian Flores is proving himself to be potentially an elite coach in the league, and he's done it since he took over because I remember last season at the start of the year, people were making the you know Clemson versus the worst NFL team comparison, and a lot of Granted, clueless NFL fans were saying they thought Clemson could beat the Dolphins. They were in the position that the Jets are in right they now. They could beat the Jets. And, no, they definitely could not. <laughs> but that's a conversation <laughs> for another day. Um, Jets are up 20-10 to 10 at halftime. Yeah, unfortunately. I don't want to talk about that. You guys are sick that. right now. Denzel Mims has 62 <laughs> yards receiving. You
2: guys are star in the making. Don't I told care. You, I don't want them to win. You guys are sick right now. I just want you to know. But
1: last season, they ran cover zero on 5.5% of plays. This year, they brought in Byron Jones, which majorly helped that secondary, and they've ran cover zero on 16.3% of plays. It allows them to bring an extra defender, which they've brought an extra rusher on 35% of opponent dropbacks. The league averages 28.3%. And you look at teams like the Ravens Steelers, who have been elite defenses, the Ravens at 41.6%, the Steelers at 43.8%. It's such an important part of the league. You're able to send that pressure, get to the quarterback, and make them make mistakes. And when you have guys like Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, you're you're afforded that luxury of being able to send an extra defender. They did a fantastic job this offseason, spending their money wisely, bringing in the right guys, and most importantly, they brought in a stud of a head coach in Brian Flores. I think that defense is one of the scariest in the league, and I think that Tua is coming into his own much quicker than we thought he was going to. I think the Dolphins are a playoff team. I
2: tried to look for the stat fast enough. Oof. that was a pretty nice monologue there you just sat down.
0: Should have looked into the camera. <laughs> yeah,
2: um, I was also one of the advocates of you know laughing at the Miami Dolphins, saying they wouldn't make the playoffs and not giving them a chance. I apologize, to Miami fans. I take that back.
1: I laughed at the Dolphins at the start of the season. No, I laughed I like two we weeks ago.
2: No, I laughed like two weeks ago, like last week. I think I was laughing. I apologize, Miami fans. I. Now this 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 is this is what you was also pretty bad on Tua, he, what, on the first game. Yeah, yeah. But what he showed me was a lot of he showed me that he can make the big plays. This quarterback class is pretty good with the top three. You know, Herbert, Tua, Joe Burrow. Those these guys are gonna be special. But this defense and what they did to neutralize DeAndre Hopkins, you know, Kyler Murray's three hundred yards, a hundred yards rushing, but the the stop in the fourth quarter to stop it and get the, get the win. That was pretty impressive. I like this defense going forward. I think if Tua can continue this run, this team can come together with Cognuity and they can get it going. I think they can definitely make a splash into the playoffs. And I'm interested, even if they don't make the playoffs, I'm interested in what they're going to do next year with all that cap. Oh, Because yeah. they still they have, have $78 million yeah, they still, in and cap they the, A lot of these players are young and already under contract. So I'm interested to see what they're going to do next year. That's what I'm really interested and in.
1: And on top of the cap, they have the Texans' pick, which mm-hmm. is probably going to be top five, and they have their own first round pick. They're in perfect shape. Ooh,
2: this, I feel bad for Jets. You know why I feel, I bad, feel bad? bad for us? Because them and the Bills are going to run the division for like another decade.
1: I don't think the Jets are as far as are, are as far away as people think, oh but it does not help us that Joel's the Dolphins and at the Bills. I'm so laughing
0: big. because when we had the Joe Douglas debate, you were like, "I yeah. think <laughs> you did. think the he Jets did. are what." You the Jets are, f- are farther far. than you think. <laughs> no, no,
1: no. I think that when Joe Douglas took the job over, they were further than you think. And I think that right now... I think you now, guys are further now than you guys were before. Oh, yeah. They went backwards to go forwards. But I, I just Ooh, made the comparison. I not the forward part yet. <laughs> I just made the comparison. Look at the Dolphins. They were in this same position a year ago. They brought in the right head coach and <laughs> Brian Flores. They spent their money wisely, and they drafted well. And that is the recipe to success. They are not that far away It's just going to take the right decisions. Will Joe Douglas make those right decisions is another question. This team is going to be dangerous come playoff time if they make it. I think think that the biggest thing working against the Jets is that the Dolphins and the Bills look like they're going to be elite for the next five years. Yeah, I'll say this.
2: First of all, apologize to his parents.
1: Not
0: only can Tua and the Dolphins, I'll say the Dolphins mostly because I think they're a complete team, can make the playoffs, Uh, but they can maybe possibly win that division.
2: Oh, that's the not a bad Bills, okay, The okay.
0: Bills are seven and two. The Dolphins are five and three. It's not a bad They're take. right there. They still have two, they, have, they still have two games against each other left. So those can go either way. They can sneak in and win that division. That's and a bad it's crazy because we thought it was going to be the Bills and the Patriots, but the Dolphins yeah. shocked everybody. Right now, the Jets are up on the Patriots. It looks like Steve Belichick, not Bill Belichick, is calling the defensive plays for them. <laughs> are so, you really
2: going to try to disrespect <laughs> <shit like> that?
0: <laughs> so I'm, I'm just saying, like, when you look at the Dolphins, they're a complete team. And I think somebody that gets overlooked because it's not a glamorous position is Jason Sanders, that kicker. He hasn't missed a kick yet. 21 straight field goals made, 17 straight extra points made, He's not missed. I have him on my fantasy team. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I do. I picked him up. Ever since I knew he was perfect, I picked him up. Mm -hmm. The Cardinals.
1: Special teams is so important.
0: mm -hmm. The Cardinals had the eighth-ranked defense now, after the game that they gave up 30-plus points to the Dolphins. Then it was probably like the sixth-ranked defense, and Tua went in there, and he played really well. I mean, he had a 70% completion percentage, two touchdowns, and what surprised me the most is, and I didn't see this in the first game, in the first game, he looked stiff. He didn't look very athletic. He looks healthy. This
2: game. He looks healthy this game.
0: The way that he faked out Devondre Campbell to escape the sack, then go and fake out Buda Baker oh, to potentially oh. avoid a big hit, that was special.
2: Didn't you call him slow, too?
0: Yeah, he looked slow the first game. I'll say it. Yeah. He looked, Tua looked slow the first game. Mm-hmm. But I think when you saw this past game versus the Cardinals, he showed everybody what he can do and how – we what we should expect moving forward. The 2020 quarterback class with Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Tua is turning into what we thought the 2018 draft class was going to be with Baker, Rosen, Darnold, Allen, and Lamar. Allen and Lamar are great, but I think it just goes to show that you need to be drafted into a great organization. Baker, horrible organization. Darnold, horrible organization. Rosen, with the Cardinals at the time, was a horrible organization. These three guys, well, not Burrow, because Burrow's with the Bengals, he's elevated them, but Herbert and Tua, they got drafted into great spots.
2: Wait, they but what, I don't get what's so different about this, this class and that class.
0: The difference is that the 2018 class, the quarterbacks that were taken at the top and were highly ranked, mm. it was supposed to be Rosen, Darnold, and Baker. Those were the top quarterbacks coming out of that draft what they were they were calling them the Eli Philip Rivers and Big Ben of that draft right right now it looks like Burrow Herbert and yeah. Tua are those three and, guys and, like and to compare to that draft class
1: the interesting thing about that class is like you said Lamar Jackson ended up being the best quarterback so far in that class and it's because he fell to a great situation with the Ravens and, and that's the most important thing in the NFL is where you land i think you can be a great talent if you're not put in the right situation, I think that Sam Darnold has fallen victim to that. Look at Alex Smith when he got dropped there by the 49ers. Yeah, exactly. Horrible. It, it all depends on where you land. And, you know, you said it, Justin Herbert is looking like he's in a good spot in Los Angeles. Even though I think they have to make some changes. We'll
2: get on that. Soon. I,
1: I don't think it's going to be too difficult of a turnaround for them. They're right on, on the cusp of where they need to be. The Dolphins look like they're ready to go and be a playoff team for the next decade.
0: The Dolphins are the 10th-ranked offense and the 4th-ranked defense in the NFL. <sighs> and the only thing I'm worried about is their running game, though. Yeah. And They, and, they don't have a running
1: back. That and Miles Gaskin is more of a receiving back. They've dealt with a bunch of injuries at running back as well. Mm-hmm. And Joe Burrow, even though the Bengals don't look great right now, I like Zach Taylor, and I think they have a bunch of weapons there that they can build around. They just need to fill in some gaps. But all three of those guys landed in a great spot. I hate the fact... That we're gonna to have to play the Dolphins twice a year for the next decade.
0: I think it was the uh last episode or two episodes before when we were talking about the Dolphins, and I mentioned Shaq Lawson and Emmanuel Ogba. You did. What was the first big play that happened in the Dolphins Cardinals game? Oh, yeah. Emmanuel Ogba strips sack on Kyler Murray. Shaq Lawson picks it up and takes it to the house for a touchdown. I think that was the first quarter. Those two guys, both free agents, Ogba. He couldn't get re-signed by the Chiefs because they didn't have enough cap. He went really under the radar. He's a good player. And Shaq Lawson, just look at the Bills' pass rush. Ask them if they're missing him. They're missing him. They Both of them are, are really good players, and they weren't even the ones that people were talking about. We were talking about Kyle Van Noy, Byron Jones. Nobody was talking about Shaq Lawson and Emmanuel yeah. Ogba, and, and they've and been huge.
1: That's the biggest thing I give them credit for. Their front office has done a spectacular job with the signings, bringing in Brian Flores, I mean, they really have hit on, it seems like, every move they've Ted made Carr's the past too, year. Ted Carr is too, your center. I don't know yeah. if you uh, saw the clip on Twitter. I saw it on Twitter. Ted Carr
0: is after the first game. I'm banned from Twitter. Oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> the Rams the Rams and Dolphins game, Ted Carr goes up to 2-1 and tells him, don't worry about this performance. Like, we only played this much snaps. Yeah. Like, you know, don't worry about it. It's like, a dub. He said dubs are so hard to come by in the league that you can't win. take them for granted when they come. Exactly, and I feel like those are the type of guys you need in the locker room, and it goes to show the type of people they're bringing around. It's, it seems like a great culture, and to be a young guy, have not even 100 yards passing into your for your center, the guy that you're basically under his ass the whole time, <laughs> grabbing the football from him, tell you, hey, man, like it's whatever. I think that's pretty cool. I love what
1: they're building there.
0: Yeah, I really do too. Talking about Tua, he was drafted <laughs> one spot ahead of Herbert, and now we're going to talk about Herbert because the Chargers had another heartbreaking loss. This was heartbreaking. Questionable decisions that happened that game. But it was very heartbreaking. I don't know who wants to go first if you guys want me to go first,
1: it's whatever you guys want. I'll go I'll go first. I think that First of all, Justin Herbert looks spectacular again. I mean, that kid kid is special. I don't think there's any question about it. That's the QB. He He has not faltered all season long, and he's played some really good competition. And even this week, this past week, I should say, against Derek Carr, who I know you'll talk about later in the show, the Raiders have been really good this season, really sneakily good this season. And he throws two perfect balls at the end. Both of them probably should have been caught and questionable play calling, he makes the throw that needs to be made, and they don't come down. His receivers don't come down with it. He did everything he could have possibly Absolutely. done, except go out and play safety for him. But you look at the Chargers this season; they're one in six in games decided by seven points or fewer. Um, this past week, they're missing Joey Bosa, who mm-hmm. left with a concussion. He's their team sack leader. Uchenna and Wusu who is second on the team in sacks, only played six snaps in the whole game. How does that make sense? The Raiders were missing both of their starting offensive tackles. They had all the problems with the COVID list, losing their whole offensive line to the COVID list. And somehow the Chargers didn't have a single tackle for loss, and they only had one sack. So how is it possible that you were playing a totally depleted offensive line? You're getting no pressure on the quarterback. Justin Herbert could be Superman, But at the end of the day, they're going out getting embarrassed on the other side of the ball. Granted, they've dealt with a lot of injuries. There's no reason they should not be winning a few of the football games they've been in. And you look at how many close games they've won. I I think that Anthony Lynn's time is up in Los Angeles.
2: Um, It's looking like it. Yo, Justin Herbert is special. not denying that he's very special. This guy is going to be there for you. This This is his franchise. They made the right decision. These guys are 3-15 in one-score games in the last two years. 3-15. You want to talk about the defense. They've been banged up. Casey Hayward played yesterday.
0: He was good yesterday. He was. Yeah, he. You think so? He allowed
2: ninety-eight yards. Derek Carr had one hundred sixty-five.
1: The biggest thing, the biggest, the biggest piece they're missing is Derwin James. Which I mean, that's killed them the past two seasons that he hasn't been on the field because he's he's arguably the best safety in the league. He's a game-changing player, and that would be a huge piece for them to get back, along with Joey Bosa, who's been dealing with injuries. So I give them some flexibility on that, but that is no excuse for. Like I mentioned, playing one of the worst offensive lines in the league, and their special teams week, hasn't
2: been good either. Yeah,
1: it, it, it it's bad. And you look at Anthony Lynn's coaching record. He was an offensive coordinator for one season before the Chargers hired him, and that was the Bills ranking thirtieth in the NFL in, in passing yards. So, like, I, I don't, I, I just don't think he's the guy here. I think he's a good leader. I think that with the right offensive and defensive coordinators, maybe he could work somewhere or in some role in, in a team. He's not the guy here. He is has not shown enough as a head coach for me to be confident in him. I like him, but he's just not a good fit in Los Angeles.
2: I think it's also time to go. I think Anthony Lynn is inevitably the problem. I think they need to make some changes on that defense. And I think at the same time, they also do have to be healthy. But they're, they're going to be fine because they have a special quarterback. And when you have a special quarterback, everything always looks good. I know, you know, Jets fans, you don't understand that. But when you have a special guy, a quarterback – you're going to be good. So I think if they figure everything out on offense and defense, they get a coach in there that can really work the sidelines, I think they'll be okay eventually.
1: And and we've had Charger fans in our comments the last two times we've spoken about them. They think the whole staff should be gone with the exception of Pep Hamilton. Hamilton and, and I saw one other coach that they were mentioning that they wanted to keep around. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but...
2: Didn't one Chargers fan call us like an asshole or something?
1: Yeah, because we said that we didn't <laughs> know any Chargers fans. But well, what we, you have to realize is we live on the East Coast. This and what the I'll say, is good, I so. in this what I'll
0: say. This uh, what I will say to about the case of Hayward thing. From what I saw, I didn't think he was too bad. I thought Adderley was pretty bad. He let a lot of deep passes uh, go by his way, but a problem with the Chargers that happened yesterday and has been happening throughout the year is clock management. Anthony Lynn. He's been bad with the clock management. I mean, at the end of the first half, it's a, like a whole explanation to it. I really don't want to get into it, but they had three timeouts. They could have. They they were going to score. They were on their way to score. They run on first down twice, like inside zones. The, I, they love that play inside <laughs> zones. They didn't call a timeout, and it really dwindled the clock down. I think they still ended up scoring that drive but it wasn't about the result. It was about how you manage the clock. And that came back to bite them at the end of the game. Yeah. But the one key word that I can come up with when I see the Chargers play is mistakes. And those mistakes often, rarely, never have to do with Justin Herbert. Like, yeah. these are big mistakes. I'll just talk about the first one. These are all in the second half. Mike Williams, the first big mistake of the second half. It happened in the third quarter the the Chargers were trailing the Raiders thir- 28 to 17. Justin Herbert throws a perfect ball to Mike Williams which it looks like a corner route, Mike Williams drops the ball. It could have been 28 to 24 instead they had to settle for a field goal that drive. It becomes 28 to 28 to 20. Then in the fourth quarter, Justin Herbert touchdown pass to Gabe Neighbors. Have you guys heard about him? Gabe Neighbors, you guys know him? No. Barely. Yeah, he throws to random receivers all the time. This is <laughs> this is a thing. He can't he he came in for somebody. I think he did, yeah. Yeah. Threw a touchdown to him. Twenty-eight to twenty-six. Tyrod Taylor comes in to do the second point conversion, the two-point conversion. And it was a weird play. It was like a boot play. I don't know what it is with the Chargers goal line play calling, but it's really iffy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They
0: do like a boot action play. That was the play that that was the play after Justin Herbert got mm-hmm. hurt, right? And wanna know what's the weirdest thing about this is if the Chargers were to call a timeout. He could have played. Justin Herbert play. could have been in that play. And me, just how he's been playing, I'd rather have Justin Herbert have that play and it's, it's, than Tyrod Taylor. It's the fourth quarter. Like, I love Tyrod Taylor, and I think Anthony Lynn loves him too. And that's why he was a little bit too attached to him and thought about, yeah, just let him go out there. Let it's not like it.
1: they use those timeouts too wisely at the end either, you know. It, it was mistakes all around, like you mentioned. And they were also missing Justin mm-hmm. Jackson, too, but since the first quarter, yep. who was their lead back. And Kalen Bellage had he the was most good. snaps for them. He was good. Which, as, was good. as well as he played, that's a problem if Kalen Bellage is getting the most snaps at running I back. Thought,
0: I thought he was explosive yesterday, but this is the other big mistake. 28-26, Chargers need a stop. A defense that hasn't come in clutch for the Chargers all year. They get the stop. Mm. The Raiders punt it. It's muffed. It's muffed by this guy named Hill Jr. I don't know his first name, but it's muffed by him, KJ Hill. KJ Hill. It's muffed by him. Now the Raiders are in field goal range. The score is now 31 to 26, which is the only reason why the Chargers had to go and score a touchdown. If it wasn't for that, they would have won off a field goal. So uh, now he might have missed. So yeah, he's not he, a very he, yeah. he's a very inaccurate kicker, but now on the final drive, the two plays that were supposed to be touchdown plays, one of Mike Williams, it was a goal line fade. He drops it. The next one, it was to par him. I think that's his name, like Donald Purham, something like that. Mm. Par him, goal line fade. He drops it. I'm not, I'm not disappointed by the drops. I'm disappointed that the two plays to win you a game was a goal line fade. Mike Williams, I'm fine with slightly, but not to par him. <laughs> I like, I like goal line fades. I just think they're they're one of I hate that
1: play in the goal line. Yeah, even give with a, Mike give Williams. It to Herbert.
2: I hate it, but at the same time, certain people I'll be okay yeah, if, with. If it. you're
1: telling me you're lining up DeAndre Hopkins or like Julio Leo, Jones, yeah, Devontae right, Adams, right. like that I understand. But when you're throwing it, to, even Mike Williams doesn't really get a pass for me. That's not a guy that yeah. you, you throw up a 50-50 ball and I trust coming down in, with in it. In the fourth?
2: Forget the, the game, final yeah. play of the game. It yeah. was one second. We're gonna do something else here. We're gonna figure out something. It's I, like
0: it. I would have ran some yeah. zone read. Mm-hmm. I know they did that on fourth and three. I think early in the game with Belage and Herbert tossed it perfectly, and they got a first down like that. Like they should have came up with a different play. It almost but not seems, not single out one guy yeah, and then yeah. give
1: him a jump ball. And, and there not like even there wasn't even a read. He took the snap and he put the ball up there. It almost seemed like they didn't even trust him to make a play. Which is crazy to me because Instead he's been it. the bright spot for this team and this entire season. And that's
0: that you have to give Justin Herbert credit for. No matter if he's throwing to Keenan Allen or Hill Jr., it doesn't matter. <laughs> he's going to throw the ball and give you a chance to catch it. And that might come back to bite him later on in his career, but early, he we'll gives see. guys chances. Mm-hmm. And you got to like that because if it's there, he's going to take it. But this is his four 300 300-yard passing game, and he's 1-3 and three in them. He has a 105 quarterback rating, and they're 1 in
1: 6. I'll good. say this, though. Quarterback play is the most important thing in the and NFL. And it's not their problem. They found their guy, and they have a lot of good pieces around they him. They still
2: have a lot of problems to deal with, even but with the quarterback play.
1: I I think that they're in a good spot to figure it out. They have their what looks like their quarterback of the future. They have a bunch of nice pieces on defense. If they can stay healthy... And they have a couple of nice pieces on offense too. I think health has been a big thing for them this season. Coaching has been a big problem. Those two things are fixable going into next year. You bring in a couple of free agents and, and a solid draft class, and you're competing next year. The biggest problem for them is that the Chiefs are at the at the top of that division. I think the biggest problem for them is finding the right coach. Yeah, and that's Because that's problem something for a lot team of teams whiff on. That's the thing that we're stressing about as Jet fans moving into this offseason. Because having. Bringing in the wrong coach can really set you it back set you back multiple years mm-hmm. because especially if your team, you know, is a little uh stubborn on thinking their guy is the right guy after it's been shown he's not, you know, that could set you back 3 or 4 years and that's it, Justin Herbert's entire rookie contract. But you look at a situation like the Dolphins, they brought in Brian Flores and like that turned things around. So that's going to be the most important decision for them is what they're going to do after Anthony Lynn this offseason.
2: I agree. I'm Assuming
1: a... they fire him, which is seeming more and more like the most obvious decision. I remember
2: when we fired Chip Kelly, brought in Doug Peterson. Year two, Chip. Yep.
0: All right. The Patriots are <laughs> It's they're 17 up? to 20 right now. Patriots out. Okay. I just want to let you know, the Jets are going to I lose hope, the game. I hope they lose, but I just want to let you know, Denzel Mims has four receptions for 62 yards. He's going to be a superstar. He could definitely be a, be a star wide receiver. He's going to be a star.
2: You went from superstar to star. Make up your I, mind. I think is,
0: for me, I think that's like the same thing. To me.
1: I'm confident though. saying he could be a star wide receiver. If you watch his so tape, top five, or, top
2: I ten? Don't,
0: I don't put that's too much a
2: emphasis story.
1: in star versus a superstar. So top it's, five, it's top like ten? I think he could be a top ten receiver. Top 10. I, think, I think he could be a top ten. I don't know if he'll ever get top know, five. I don't know because the
2: receivers in this class are – Crazy nice, so top yeah, ten is like Judy. you have to add them two in it. So Jerry
1: Judy looked great this past Jerry week. Jerry
2: Judy, Ceedee Lamb. It
0: really just depends on the situation Mims yeah. is put in. Yeah, it exactly. really does. But at the end of the day, Hopkins was put in a bad situation, and he still different. made that work. Well, he's
2: but different. He had, so he had, yeah, he's, yeah, different. he's different. He's different. He's different.
1: Denzel Mims. Stop. If he different. if he gets Trevor Lawrence throwing to him,
2: don't ever compare with, a good, to a, with a good head coach DeAndre Hopkins ever. You never again. know. No, I'm just letting we you know.
0: I'm letting you know.
2: Yeah. So. We just talked about Justin Herbert.
0: The quarterback that beat Herbert is Derek Carr. And you guessed that the next topic is who's the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. And my pick is Derek Carr. I think he's one of the most (laughs) under. Because I think he's, I love Derek Carr. He's one of the most underappreciated quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, years ago, or even now, like when we think about average, mediocre quarterbacks, the poster child for that, for that quarterback is Andy Dalton he's like <laughs> he's like he like personifies the yeah. average mediocre I think Derek Carr that's what people that like Derek Carr is becoming that for people like Derek Carr for a lot of people is that guy that uh he's not bad enough to not start but he's not great enough for him to be the face of a franchise yeah. that's where a lot of people put him but I think he is the face of a franchise you he's 16th all-time in QB pasture rating He's 11th currently. He's 11th in game-winning drives, he's 10th in fourth quarter comebacks, he's 9th in completion percentage. And this guy given when he's given a team that he that actually a good roster, he wins. I mean, when you look at the Raiders the past couple of years before they got Gruden and even the first year with Gruden that roster was pretty bad. You know, so Derek Carr with a great roster, he's put some things that 12 and four gear 2016 MVP year. So that year he had 28 touchdowns and six interceptions. He didn't even, he didn't even play the whole year, 4k yards this year. He's on pace. To throw thirty-two touchdowns and four interceptions, and what he's in, playing what, like an MVP right now, like his MVP year.
1: What injury did he have to come back? I think it from? was Yeah, it, it was a pretty bad injury. It was a year-long injury. Yeah, so he he obviously for anybody coming back from a serious injury like that, it takes some time for them to get back but to form. He's looking really good.
0: This is how bad the Raiders have been since he got drafted twenty fourteen. Their defense has never ranked above. Being 20th in the NFL. So 2014, I'm going to go 2014 to 2020. 2014, 32nd ranked defense. 2015, 22nd ranked defense. 2016, 20th ranked defense. They went 12 and 4 that year. See the improvements? 2017, 20th ranked defense. 2018, 32nd ranked defense. Uh. 2019, 24th ranked defense. And the Raiders right now are 5 and 3, but they have the 24th ranked defense right now.
2: So he's never had a good defense?
0: He's, never, he's had a horrible defense throughout his career. And that's why I feel like Derek Carr, he's clutch. He has great leadership. We saw that when Antonio Brown was about to come to the Raiders. He welcomed Antonio Brown. They were working out every day. He, he, You know, Antonio Brown loved to flaunt and take videos of Derek Carr, <laughs> and he was totally fine with it. You know, he used Derek Carr to an extent, like, yo, look, I'm working, I'm working out, whatever. And Derek Carr was fine with it. He actually was, he looked like a great friend, and I think he's a great person. He's
1: a great quarterback. He's very easy to root for. He's a great quarterback. your pick? You know, it's funny because when we were picking the topics, you put in who's the most underrated quarterback in the league, and then I mentioned we should put in a Derek Carr topic. Unbeknownst to me, that was why you put the topic in. Derek Carr would also be my pick. He's got the fourth highest passer rating out of any starting quarterback in the league this season. 16 touchdowns, two interceptions, and over 2,000 yards. Fifth in completion percentage. Heck of a season. 70% too. With a a cast around him that is unlike any of the top three guys ahead of him. If I'm not mistaken, it was Mahomes, Drew Brees, and uh, one other person who was, uh, oh, Russell Wilson. Um, And that's an elite company. My guy, and I don't want this to get taken out of context. I'm saying this relatively because he gets credit, but I don't Mm -hmm. think that he gets the credit that he deserves. (laughs) No, it's Deshaun Watson. I think that Sean Watson is an elite quarterback. He's stuck in football purgatory right now. I think people know that. Yeah, too. you think underrated. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. Right, I don't. Okay. I don't think that. I think he was there last season when they went to that playoff game with the Bills and they were they were you know in a shootout with the Chiefs. They had the Chiefs on their toes, and now I feel like this season with as bad as they've been as a team. He's been getting no recognition, but he's having a great season again. He's the sixth highest rated rated quarterback, right behind Derek Carr almost. 2,400 passing yards, 17 touchdowns. That's playing behind an offensive line that's ranked 30th, 30th in pass protection and 27th in run blocking, a defense that has been not good at all. And against a very poor Jaguars team yesterday, he was still hit five times and sacked twice. He's everything for that franchise right now. And you brought up the quote that he said about if Will Fuller had gotten traded, it would have been hell Will Fuller is the only piece that they have. Him and J.J. Watt are the only pieces they have, really, besides Deshaun oh, Watson Laramie Tunzel. and Laramie Tunzel. He's who they been, like, they, sold, they sold the whole future for to get, yeah. and and now the Dolphins are going to be picking fifth overall this year because of it. I just think that he doesn't get enough credit that he deserves because you look at, I think he's in a top five quarterback in the league company potentially, potentially if he was on a team of that caliber and i don't think he's ever had that team and i don't think he gets the recognition that he deserves because of it another guy i wanted to bring up who can't really say it now because of the injury but dak prescott was going to be on that raid or if he stayed healthy he was carrying that cowboys offense and you saw how badly they fell off without him and coming into the season you know he was not seen in a great light by a lot of people i know you didn't necessarily like him that much a lot of people had oh him. i love dak you get that wrong. He's in a, love with that. A lot of people had him below Carson Wentz, which I thought there was a very strong case for him being a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. No offense, mm-hmm. but All look offense at their resumes. It. All of their their, their resumes were very similar coming into this year, and of course, you saw how good Dak was this season. The injury comes, and now you know he won't be able to finish that case. But I think that Dak would have been that guy for me if he stayed healthy. I'm very interested to see how he comes back from this injury, where he ends up, and if he can elevate an offense, I would love to see that. I think he's another guy, like you mentioned with Derek Carr, very easy <laughs> to root for, a great leader, and a great guy off the field. But my guy right now is Deshaun Watson, and it's relative because uh, people give him credit, yeah. but I don't think <laughs> to the extent that he deserves. And Deshaun Watson is... I would have never picked him because I think people think
2: he's great. People think he's like top five, top I think, seven-ish.
1: Okay, that... For me, that's not what I've heard. Oh,
2: okay, right. If
1: you have him at that level, I totally agree, but I think so he's...
2: Based off what I've heard, damn, yeah. you kind of stole my pick, so I had to I, find another one.
1: That's why I said Deshaun Watson, because my you pick would have been Derek Carr, but I well, didn't you want to say said everything. Guy. Like, you yeah, said exactly. everything.
2: But I, I'm, I'm going to go with a guy, because uh, you kind of said everything. So, like, Derek Carr, yeah, that's a good one. I don't know about that one, but Derek Carr is a good one. I'm going to go with a guy who people kind of forgot about because he got hurt, and people forgot how great he really is.
0: <laughs> you think i about to say? I feel like you're about to say Teddy Bridgewater. Oh hell
2: no! Oh. Nah, I'm saying he's a former. He's underrated though, but yeah, he's a former Super Bowl champion. I feel like people just completely forgot about this guy just because this team Nick wasn't Foles? good. Hell no! My guy, who's most under, like this is this season, right?
0: Yeah, I guess yeah. All right,
2: so this my guy, who I feel like is the most underrated <laughs> in the league, is Big Ben.
1: Okay, I, I feel like people yeah. like
2: people forgot like people forgot how great Big Ben really is, and that's why his team is undefeated. He's a big time thrower. He can he has the leadership role. He can still make clutch plays. And even though he's like 38 and he had the injury last year, people just completely forgot about this yeah. guy, as if he's still <laughs> not one of the best quarterbacks and like he's a Hall of Famer. So I'm gonna go with Big Ben. Coming
0: off,
1: He's of probably Johnson. the best one in that draft. Yeah.
2: No, he, he is. He. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Eli and Philip. Oh yeah, he's better.
1: And and like Phillip. you, like you mentioned. He has been the change for that team. That team last year was not much different than they are now. 7-9 with no and QB. They, they, they get their
2: QB. Exactly. They have more wins now. To exactly. be
1: fair, though,
0: their schedule this year is pretty yeah. easy. Yeah, of course. but Especially going forward.
2: I'm sure we can all agree, though, if Big Ben played last year, they, they would have made been, the playoffs. Yeah, they yeah definitely. Have been definitely. Seven and
1: nine. I, I was not high on the Steelers at all coming into this year because I didn't know what Big Ben was going to be coming back. And he has come back and been everything that he was before the injury. So, yeah, it's a good pick. That's, I had to go
2: <laughs> rapid fire because you took the best pick.
1: <laughs> I looked at my phone while,
0: while I was doing the segment. The Jets scored. Nah, not the Jets scored. <laughs> Something even worse than that happened. I Look, and PlayStation, <laughs> PlayStation Network charged my credit card $60. For what? For the year membership.
2: Oh, you're sick. Yeah. Wait, wow. Oh, well, wow, that's didn't, good, though.
0: I didn't, I didn't think I, I renewed it, though. Well, at least I you don't have to
2: worry about for the rest Damn, of the year.
0: That's $60, though.
2: But you don't have to you they know just like, they just whatever. took it out. Yeah, I mean.
1: The Jets also scored though. They did? Yes. Yeah, right? 27-17 right now. They have an 84% chance to win the game according Looking like to the. like that number one pick
0: is on has two touchdowns, 101 yeah, yards. That's disgusting. Joe the Flacco. Patriots should
2: be ashamed.
0: <laughs> Who would have thought Joe Flacco would have been a fantasy starter quarterback this week? That's
1: embarrassing. Yeah, St- the, Stephon yo. Gilmore is also out tonight though, so. Mm. It's a big loss for them. I don't even and think Cam he would have And Cam Newton is series, 17 so. for 18. Oh, so he's playing good. I mean, maybe.
0: That's what the stats say. If, if they if that. they
1: lose this game, it's going to be sure, very embarrassing. I don't, think he's,
2: ah, I don't even care about that game.
1: I'm interested to see how the Jets are going to find a way to blow this in the fourth quarter because I, I still don't they, think they, they really win might the win this game. I still honest. don't think they're going to win if the game. If they win this game, this is going to be
0: horrible for the Jets' Trevor Lawrence. Well, the,
1: yeah, the problem is that the Jaguars have a, an easier strength of schedule, and I don't see them winning a game the rest of the year. The Jets
0: have to lose out, but we'll see. So we talked about who we think are is the most underrated quarterback. Now we're going to talk about quarterbacks that get recognized. And this segment is, who is your midseason MVP? I'm guessing we all have quarterbacks unless you want to throw an Alvin Kamara in there, which you've done before.
2: Hey, don't act like he, you know, he shouldn't get some love, man.
0: But which player? Which player? going to Alvin Kamara. Okay. Now I'm lying. Which oh. player
2: is the midseason MVP? My pick is not Russell Wilson. It's not Josh Allen. It's not I know Cutler you're gonna say. Patrick Mahomes, like, come on, (laughs) come on, bro. Do the second in passing touchdowns, second in passing yards, third in passing rating, first in 20-yard plays, first in total offense, 8-1. I don't need to say too much. They have been one of the most consistent teams in the league. Patrick Mahomes has been one of the most consistent QBs. He still is, by everybody's stature or smart people's stature, the best quarterback in the league. And I feel like he's been going – his performances have been a little bit under the radar because we know who he is, and we expect that from him every night. But I feel like he should still be number one, if not number one, then number two in the MVP discussion.
0: I was going to – I'm torn between this pick because I love Russell Wilson. 28 touchdowns, eight interceptions. I would never pick Sam Dorn in my life. (laughs) Eight interceptions. Russell Wilson has been playing phenomenal. He's been carrying that horrible defense. And an argument, very valid argument, can be made for him. But Patrick Mahomes is my guy. 25 touchdowns, one interception. I mean, this guy is damn near perfect right now. We thought Aaron Rodgers was super secure with the ball. Just take a look at Patrick Mahomes. Even though when Patrick Mahomes does throw interceptions, they're often called back. I've noticed that trend. He would throw an interception. It'd be a defensive holding or a a, a holding. <laughs> it's, something would always happen that would negate the turnover thrown by Mahomes. But I think he's the MVP, and I say that because what team do we think is probably going to finish at the top of standing? It's going to be the Chiefs. Which player do we think is going to have the most eye-popping stats? Probably between Wilson and Mahomes. So if it's a race between Wilson and Mahomes, and Mahomes has kind of equal stats, and his team is the first or second seed while Wilson is barely cracking, barely getting into the playoffs because that division is a gauntlet, might be Mahomes at the end of the year. And midseason, I think in the standings, Chiefs have a better record, only lost once. Seahawks, I think this is their second loss now. I, think I don't Mahomes see them struggling
2: to get in though. I see them winning a division. I
0: mean, they're
1: Cardinals only one game behind them. I I, I do think the Seahawks are also going to win the division. I'm going to say right now, at this point in time, I'm still picking Russ. His 28 touchdowns are on pace for 56, which would be the new NFL record. He's got the he's leading the second highest scoring offense in the league with not the most eye popping guys. DK Metcalf has been terrific. He's a dog. But beyond him, Tyler Lockett and DJ Moore are. are I'm sorry, Dave, David Moore. I think his name is David. Um, David Moore. They're nothing spectacular, although Tyler Lockett has been good, good this season. Good. The running game has been, uh, you know, Chris Carson. Oh, Tyler Lockett is great.
2: Oh, uh, good. I think he's, he's great. Been,
1: he's put up great numbers this season, but I don't think he's a great receiver. I think he's a great receiver. Ah, I do. model. tomato. Really tomato. Do.
0: He's, he he could ball. Last
1: year, I think Russ had a perfect quarterback reading throwing to him.
2: He could ball. He could ball.
1: I, think, say, that, I think that Russ makes him a great receiver. I think on any other team, he would be a good receiver. Oh, okay. Um, but I think the most important thing about it all is that he's playing with the, first, or the fourth worst-scoring defense in the league. And to me, the reason he is the most valuable player is because without him, mm-hmm. the Seahawks are, are nothing. They're, they're the worst team in that division with an average quarterback. And you look at Patrick Mahomes, who's a guy you guys talked about, and I think he's very close. And I think that if you're judging them based on how good of a player they are, Mahomes is the better quarterback. They're number one and number two in the league, in my opinion. I think Mahomes is the better quarterback, and I think he's been better this season. 2,700 yards, 25 touchdowns, only one interception. The reason I say Russ is because Mahomes has has a better defense Arguably the best weapons in the league, a better offensive line. You know, I, I just think that Mahomes has a better supporting cast around him. Mm-hmm. But I think it's crazy that Mahomes is already dealing with voter fatigue because you have not heard him in the discussion at all until this yeah, that's, weekend. That's weird. When Russ put up a, a poor game and Mahomes snuck into the people conversation. People put Kyler over Mahomes. I've heard, heard people put heard Aaron over Kyler over Mahomes. I've heard Aaron Rodgers over Mahomes. Josh Allen over Mahomes. Mahomes is having. Arguably the best season in the league, league numbers-wise. Not arguably. The best season in the league for a quarterback numbers-wise. And it's just a situation of, you remember when LeBron in those, you know, end of his Cavs, start of his heat days was so dominant. Even the start of his Cavs days, it was just voter fatigue. The, and the crazy, the,
2: the crazy the, thing is about that list of quarterbacks you named, they all had a bad moment in the season. And I don't think had Mahomes has had one bad moment. This is
0: an argument for Wilson, right? Because I wrote it down. Mahomes has a sixth-ranked defense. Rodgers has, oh, wow, six, really? yeah. has a... Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Rodgers has a 17th-ranked defense. Wilson has a 31st-ranked defense. And the times they've been sacked, it's not even close. Yeah. I'm just going to say this. The five most quarterbacks that have been sacked in the league that have lost the most yards on sacks, right? Wilson is fifth.
2: Fourth.
0: Fourth is... I don't know this in order, but these are the next but four. Name, yeah,
2: name five.
0: Matthew Stafford... Daniel Jones, Joe Burrow, and Carson Wentz. So I just he's wanted to hear that he's <laughs> getting he's getting as hit as much as those guys. Even though Carson Wentz runs into sacks, he loves to do it. <laughs> but he's getting hit more than those guys and getting sacked. So and he, winning their their offensive line has been a tiny bit better because Damon Lewis has been a surprise out of LSU. Not I wouldn't say surprise because he was a good lineman at LSU. He's really good, but he's getting hit and he hasn't had as much time to throw as these other quarterbacks, and he's still putting up. We can arguably say better numbers. Yeah. That's,
1: that's why I say Russ. If he's able to put up a, a record-setting season, break Peyton Manning's record for passing touchdowns in a season, and carry this bad of a defense into uh, an NFC West division championship, which the NFC West is the consensus best division in football, that that would set him apart for you know, me. You know
2: what's crazy, too? Because remember last year how him and Lamar was neck and neck? throughout the year, and then Russell had that one bad yep. game, and then it was just like Lamar yep. took over. I feel like that's what's going to happen with Russ now. Now Patrick Mahomes is just going to take over.
1: And I want to give an honorable mention shout-out right now to me, number three in the race, is Josh Allen. The way he played on Did Sunday. you say me?
0: Yeah, to him, like the number three quarterback to him. Yeah, to oh, me. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's
2: <was laughs> no, no. like, to me. No. All right, my bad. Oh. For, I <laughs> heard that, too, though. For, for
1: my money... Josh Allen is number three in the MVP race, and if he can Debatable. play this way the rest of the season, I think <laughs> yeah. I think he's he'll gonna, make a very strong I got case. Him
2: and Aaron right there, yeah, him
1: and Rodgers are right there, and it's because he went through that little lull against the Jets and Patriots. That's a bad lull. He's play, but they won those games, and he's been so important in other big games that they've won, like the Rams in that Seahawks game. And he was Seahawks. crazy. He was crazy. So. I think that he deserves an honorable mention shout because he has played in an MVP level when he's needed to.
0: You talked about Russell Wilson being your midseason MVP. They lost to the Bills yesterday. Josh Allen's third on your list. Did you lose faith in Seattle or did you gain confidence in Buffalo?
1: I gained more confidence in Buffalo more than anything because we've talked about the Bills on a couple of past episodes and I still have not been sold on them. Just because I feel like they didn't have a lot of quality wins, wins under their belt, yep. this was a more than a quality win. Because not only did they beat the Seahawks, they demoralized them. Mm-hmm. And they punched them while they were down. The Seahawks didn't come back in it like the Rams did earlier on in the season on them. They kept them down the entire game, and they won this football game, no question about it. It wasn't the Seahawks losing the game, in my opinion, as much as the Bills just had a stranglehold on it. You look at it. On the Seahawks side, I still have not lost faith in them whatsoever. They need to make changes, though. For the 44 points that the Bills scored were the most allowed under Pete Carroll in his tenure as a Seahawks coach, and they got good pressure. They had seven sacks, but the secondary got carved up. It's ranked 30th in past defense DVOA, and Ken Norton Jr. has been embarrassing this season. He's got to go. He's doing a terrible job with that defense, and you remember Greg Williams said at the start of this season, He didn't think that the Seahawks were going to use Jamal Adams as creatively as the Jets did. And everybody laughed. Pete Carroll laughed. Jamal Adams laughed. The the media, everybody clowned Greg Williams for saying it. But look at what happened. I I don't know what the Seahawks thought that they were getting in Jamal Adams. But what he is, he's not a coverage guy. He is an elite game changer at the line of scrimmage, in the boxes where he makes plays that are going to change the game. And that's not how they've been using him when he's been healthy. And that's what's been hurting them, because if you use him in the right way, you look at the Jets' defense last year, the impact that Jamal Adams made, he won them games on the defensive side of the ball. He made game-changing plays on the defensive side of the ball, and he's not doing that in Seattle because I think they're utilizing him wrong. I think that they have the pieces on that defense that they can be solid enough with a Russell Wilson-led offense, but their their defensive play calling has been a joke and they get exposed week after week something needs to change and, and there's been teams in the past that have I'm going
0: to be honest though Jamal Adams has only been healthy once this year two games i thought yeah like yeah well, early, but like earlier like in the season earlier in he the came season, back this past I think week. he was a game changer in that Atlanta game and people want to rag on him for the Bills game but he's coming off a groin injury
2: like I, right. I, injuries are not. Serious. Like
0: I just don't you know, think this. they're using him right though. Even in the Falcons game, you know they just they, just he looked watching. like their best pass rusher earlier on in the season. They were blitzed. They blitzed them a lot. Yesterday against against the Bills, they blitzed him. He almost got a sack on Josh Allen, but Josh Allen threw it away quickly. Even though like Jamal Adams had already wrapped him up to take him down, and it was a touchdown. Like you know that's just a split second thing. But I think they've been using Jamal Adams, maybe not as creatively as Greg Williams but they he's been good for them so far people want to highlight yesterday's game yesterday's game but he's coming off of an injury and, you know? and that's a groin injury that's that it's not easy to cover coming off that type of injury
1: i'll i'll say this with jamal adams bringing that <clears throat> pressure getting sacked seven times josh allen did a spectacular job picking apart that defense he made great plays under pressure and i don't think there's many quarterbacks in the league that would play as well as he did yesterday I give him a lot of credit for what he did, and I think that if if they can use Jamal Adams correctly, they will be fine against the teams they need to beat. The concern is when you get to the upper echelon teams, that defense Tampa. is going to get picked apart. That defense huh? is going to get Tampa. picked apart. What about them? They're upper echelon team. I'll say this: Tampa, New Orleans, uh, Green Bay, any of those After teams what at the top the Saints of the to NFC. Do to that Bottom line: I'm saying quarterback wise. Oh Tom, no, you're good. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers will all pick that defense apart because just because you're bringing pressure, you need the secondary to back it up, and Absolutely. that's what the Dolphins have had this season. They've been able to play cover zero and bring that extra extra rusher. That's why they've been so successful. The Seahawks don't have that secondary. Bottom line is that the Seahawks, uh, I never had faith in them, so I can't
0: say I lost more faith uh, because I never really had faith in them because their defense is horrible, the 31st ranked in the NFL. I can't really say I gained confidence in Buffalo. I did to a certain extent. I think Buffalo is a is a really good team even though they can't run the ball, their defense <laughs> is still suspect. They're okay, but the bottom line with the Seahawks is that they won't win when it matters, and I've been saying that since the very beginning they won't beat the upper echelon teams. They won't make it very far in the playoffs. This is the first ranked offense in the NFL, but it's the 31st ranked defense in terms of points allowed. They don't have a running game. Chris Carson is out. He's, he's hurt a lot. He's in and out, and out in and out and the lineup even last year. Right now, Travis is are running back. They, they're not going to have a running game. They still don't have a pass rush. They can't cover a fly even if it was with their hand. They can't do anything right on defense right now. It's absolutely atrocious. And the last time they were this bad on defense, you'd have to date back all the way to the 1970s. In the late 1970s, the, Bills or the, Seahawks? the Seahawks, when they first created their team, there were only 28 teams in the league at that time, and they were the 28th-ranked defense. <laughs> That's the last time they were bad. The Seahawks have had a historic and rich history of being a pretty good Two dominant defense. We've seen it in the Legion of Boom in the 2000s when they made the Super Bowl in those Sean Alexander years. That one time they made the Super Bowl, like, they have that history, but right now they're disgracing it because this defense is a disgrace, and it's not because of a lack of talent because I think they have that.
1: I, I, I totally agree with you there. I, I think that they need to make a change, and the fact of the matter is I don't think it's coming in the form of a player. You said it. They have the talent. Something's got to change, whether it's the scheme. I don't know what it is. I guess talent outside of the pass rush. The pass rush is bad. But Jamal Adams, like you said, brings that. And they did a perfectly fine job of getting to Josh Allen on Sunday. But the problem is the secondary was horrendous. So I, I don't know. They
2: got to come together. That's I so don't, they gotta, yeah, I they don't know be a game where they what both they have to good.
1: change. But I, from everything I've read, Seahawks fans around the league – Everybody thinks that Ken Norton Jr. has been fired. He's been not good since the Legion of Boom fell apart, and I I think sometimes you need to bring a new guy in. I think Pete Carroll should call the defensive plays. If anything, I wouldn't be against that.
2: Do you guys see a Super Bowl out of the Seattle's reach?
0: I don't think it's out of their reach. It's out of their reach. Oh wow! They're, they're not right. gonna they're not gonna win a Super Bowl. I said it before. It's not it's not even a question for me. They are not going to win a Super Bowl. They well, I didn't not, say win
2: it. I said reach They
0: they are an elite or reach it. They're an elite offensive team. They are not a great team, though. They are a good team because you're the first ranked offense, but if you're the thirty second ranked defense, Matt tells me you're the sixteenth ranked team in the league. That's <laughs> average. But you just said it. They have the talent on defense. You don't think you don't they, think can they pull have that the time to play together? one
2: one great defensive game in the playoffs?
0: It I think they, maybe they can win a game like if that's against the Packers I can see them beating the Packers, but uh, I can't I don't see them beating the Saints I don't see them beating the Bucks I don't see them. Probably that's about it. But those are the teams they'd have to go against to to make it to Super Bowl.
1: But realistically, they would, if if things fall in their favor, they would only have to be one of those teams to get to the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, and I don't think they can beat either either. Mm, that's interesting. I don't think I, I don't think
1: so at all.
2: Get to them bucks and really I, I just choice. think I
1: just think like you mentioned the most important thing is they have the talent defensively they just have to put it together and I don't know what it is that they have to do but whatever it is they better figure it out quick because they can turn it around and again all that defense needs to be is okay it doesn't need to be a great defense it doesn't even have to be a good defense I just think it needs to play I'm gonna great be honest on
0: asking them to go from thirtieth and last to being okay.
1: Just is get to, just get to twentieth. I think I don't that's think that's too much to ask for I think in a league is. where do you see some of the defenses that are playing in this league getting to twentieth in the league should not be that hard of a task. Do so you a, mean to tell me the talent they have? This on team that side on the defense
2: ball. has talent. and They can't play great defensively on one playoff night.
1: It's about scheme. It's about a lot of other things. It's not just about. Which is talent. why I think they need a change. I think the Ken Norton Jr. should be gone. I don't think he should be allowed back in the building.
2: Oh damn.
0: So, talking about Wilson, we talked about the Bucks briefly. We're on our ninth topic of the episode. And this is the debate that everybody's been waiting for. I know that we're going to promote it on Instagram later on today. And I just want to let everybody really know, when it's me and Riv, I am I'm undefeated. Never, never lost. That's what I am. We're going to talk about the Bucks and the Saints right now. So, Jack, the floor is yours. All
1: right, so I'm taking I'm taking the moderator role. Please in this ask discussion. all the questions so, in the world. Obviously, a major blowout last night on Sunday Night Football, 38 to three was the final. The Saints were in control early and often throughout the entire night. The question is, what did the Bucs' blowout loss tell us about them, and what did it tell us about the Saints? I'll start before you guys get into your little, you know, one on one here. I think the biggest thing we learned is about the Saints. I think that Drew Brees showed that he can still play at an elite level, and I had been casting doubts on him coming into this week. We talked about it. You know, I I know that we had this discussion a few weeks ago. When we said that we don't know if Drew Brees can be, it, it would was James Winston be— It was Jameis Winston be— No, 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 no. It was against no, the Raiders. it was when we
2: started the power rankings. We you had this discussion the about rank, like two three weeks
1: ago. ago, two or three weeks ago, and we had a discussion of would Jameis Winston be better in that offense. I don't even know if it was on air. It might have been after one of the podcasts that we were talking about it. And I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. I questioned if he still had gas in the tank. He showed against a very good Bucks defense— that he he can still be that dude, and they brought back Mike Thomas, who he's got the gravity. Everybody talks about it with Steph Curry just being on the court; he makes a difference. Just being on the field, Mike Thomas makes a difference. He he draws that attention and he opens up guys like Brandon Cooks, who he's done nothing all year. Emmanuel Sanders. Jared done, Cooks. Uh, my bad. Emmanuel Sanders. I thought you Jared I thought you Cook,
0: mispronounced gravy. <laughs>
1: I didn't think you said gravity. I thought you said gravity. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, he has that gravity. He he opens up the game for other guys, and you saw how much better that offense looked with him in it. So if they can get b- him back on the field consistently, healthy, it changes the dynamic of that offense and that team really completely. And the defense looks really good against the great unit. And I think it, I think it says more about the Saints than it does about the Bucks. The Bucks still don't concern me. They just brought Antonio Brown into the building. They've been still working on getting on the same page. They've showed flashes, but the entire season they've been kind of up and down. They've looked great at times, and they've looked subpar at other times. But with a guy like Tom Brady and Bruce Arians coaching him, I'm not doubting this team. If Antonio Brown can get into form, they'll be perfectly fine. I want to get all my thoughts out because I know that you guys are going to take over this segment. I, I am not concerned about the Bucks. I think they'll be fine. But the Saints really impressed me in this one.
2: Thank you. I, I, I'm
1: glad you finally give them
2: some credit. Uh,
1: and I give them all the credit in the world. They were the, my main takeaway from this. And if Drew Brees can play at this level, they're a Super Bowl contender. That's been my main question all year. And if he, if he can play at that level, they can really be a problem.
2: I just want to start off a little small. You asked a very simple first question. Um... What does this tell us about the Bucs and the Saints? The Saints, this just tells us what I've been telling you guys for about eight, nine weeks now. The Saints are a Super Bowl contending team. The Saints can beat any team in the NFC if that defense plays the way it should be. Drew Brees threw to, ah, to nine different receivers. He didn't need to target Michael Thomas, spam Michael Thomas. He just needed him to be out there. Manu Sanders... Alvin Kamara, when this team gets it together and that defense finally plays to their potential that we know it can be, this team can be an elite team. So th- this really just showed us that this team—well, this is win number two, but we're going to get to that a little later. But this this team just showed—this this win showed us that this team can bowl and can make the Super Bowl this year. And for the Bucs, it didn't really tell us nothing that this team, the Bucs are still Super Bowl contenders. I'm not saying they're not. They still can make the Super Bowl. They still have that talent. They just got to get it together, and they just got punched in the mouth. Humble yourself.
0: On the basis of what does this mean for the Saints and what does this tell me in terms of playoff implications and what they can do, it tells me absolutely nothing. All this win tells me is that the Saints are a great regular season team. And they've been that for the last couple of years. They're 1-2 and in the playoffs since 2018. They they had an embarrassing loss to the Vikings last year against Kirk Cousins, who is awful in primetime games and big games. And he carved apart that Saints defense. And since 2018, Drew Brees has a 115 quarterback rating in the regular season. In the playoffs, he has a 93 quarterback rating. So there's obviously a dip in performance that he has when he has to put on the big boy pants and play in a playoff game with a lot high intense pressure on him. And the biggest wins in team history, and can we all agree that the Saints and the Bucs, they, they, it was a big win. It was a big win margin. They embarrassed the Bucs. And I won't dispute that. But the three biggest win margins by them, I'll let you know them right now. 2011, they beat the Colts 62 to seven. They lost in a division game against the 49ers. 2012, they beat the Bucks 41 to zero. The Bucks, you know, the Bucks, they beat them 41 to zero. Did not make the playoffs. They went seven nine that year. 2018, they beat the Philadelphia Eagles 48 to seven. Your team. I don't know if it was led by Carson Wentz or Nick F- Nick Foles at the time. I just choked up.
2: But he'd in the be, playoffs, both of them.
0: But in the playoffs,
2: he beat both of them that year.
0: They beat the Eagles 20-14 in a game that Nick Foles should have won if Alshon does not drop that pass.
2: Absolutely.
0: And then lost to the Rams in the conference championship. Oh, they got cheated. So so what this tells me, if I can predict the future correctly based off anecdotal evidence, is that after the Saints have a big blowout loss, one of their biggest in history, they are going to lose in the Playoffs. Did you look
2: up the Bucks' past history when they get blown out in a season? Did you, did you look that up or just the Saints?
0: I looked up Tom Brady. No, no, me to no, tell no, you no, about no, no, it. no, 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 The Tom Brady is the Bucs. He is Tampa. Oh, so you want, you want me want, to tell want, you Tom you Brady? Said, you said the Saints the Tom Brady is the, is, is the Bucs because Drew Brees is the Saints. How let's long talk, has he been there? Hey, hey, hey How long has he been right, there? Let's,
2: let's talk about this season. Talk, let's talk, talk about this season. You can bring up all the history you want. I don't care about none of that. 2020, let's talk about it. Tom Brady has seven interceptions. Five of them was against the Saints. Who cares? No, it, it matters. No, it oh, and, two. and you know what's funny about you? You picked the Bucs to win this game. You said, you was telling us, oh, AB's there. This is going to be an exciting offense. Mike Evans. Mike Evans got locked up. He's been targeted in the last three games, six times by Marshawn. La- and when Marshawn Latimer is on him, he has zero receptions. He's been, Marshawn Latimer has owned him from the moment they started playing football in the NFL. Chris Godwin, he's back. He's nice. Yeah, he's good. He did nothing. AB, the guy you love and loathe about, he also did nothing. Rob Gronkowski, him and Tom Brady are buddies. Yeah, best friends. They the connection is incredible. He's been hot the last 3 weeks. He's done nothing. The the the, the offense that you were praising about, that you were boasting about, you picked the Bucks to win. So I don't want to hear that regularly so you picked the Bucks to win. The offense you've been praising about, they came and they didn't do anything. Humble yourself.
0: It is humble the, yourself. It is the regular season. The Buccaneers, is not the, NBA. the Buccaneers, it's playoffs, baby. That's what the focus on. What that's the what, Buccaneers done that's, the playoffs? What, that's what Tom Brady's focused on. I can tell you what Tom Brady has done. Tell me what the Buccaneers done. He are. is the Buccaneers. Tell me what the Bucs done. He is the tell Buccaneers. The they won a Super Bowl in, I think, 2000-something, right? The early 2000s. So Look, they've the done something, won the Super Bowl But in I'll tell you this right now. This performance will never, ever happen again. And I'm going it's out on a limb and saying, twice. I will guarantee you that if the Buccaneers face the Saints... They will embarrass them when it matters. Tom Brady is sparked up when he loses by a lot. No, no, it's different. I'll tell you this. Let me finish. Hold up right now. Tom Brady is sparked up when he loses and he gets embarrassed on a national stage like he did against the Saints yesterday. Look at this. 2003. There have only been three. There have only been three times where Tom Brady has trailed by 28 points in a game. 2003, week one versus Buffalo. Mm. They lost 31 to 0. What happened that year, Riv? Do you, wanna, so, do you Super want to do they won the Super Bowl? Then 2012, week 15 versus San Francisco, they lost 41 to 34. That's interesting. They lost to the Ravens, who won to the Super Bowl. Oh. Right? 2014, week four against KC. This is interesting. They lost 41 to 14. Everybody was like, oh, KC might be the team to beat. Patriots won the Bowl. Bowl so what this tells what me so what this tells me
2: wait what team is that that
0: on? To, what this tells me is that Tom Brady not only is he going to perform lights out to finish Before off the season but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will win the Super Bowl this
2: season it's such a contradiction because you know you love to talk about how football is a team sport and how everybody wraps around the team yes Tom Brady did all of that with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Tell me about the Bucs. What have the Bucs done? Tell me. Talk to me. The what? Buccaneers, I think they've been overachievers,
0: if I'm being honest. You have a team that you just assembled. You, you just assembled this team this, this season. Mike Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski. How many games do they have with with Tom Brady, Riv? Tell me. How many games do they have with him?
2: This year? Yeah. I think Mike Evans played almost the whole when season. With all three of them
0: have played and they're helping right, like and they're on three, the field. Four? They have five. Oh, five. Five is nothing. How many games do they have with A.B., Evans, Godwin, and Rob? Just one. Right now, the Bucks are still figuring themselves out. And they're all they're they're close to being first in the in an NFC South division, which has some pretty good teams and tough matchups. Atlanta, oh, talk to me about Atlanta's, it. Atlanta's no Atlanta's no slouch. Carolina's a, a game. They're a competitive game every time they play. And the Saints, you'd love to talk about them about being Super Bowl contenders. That's a that's a hard division. And the Bucs were leading it until yesterday. Now they're not, but they're going to be first. They're going to finish first. Everybody knows what the Bucks lack is continuity. I've I've always said that, but they're going to figure it out. And once they do, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans, Tom Brady, Rojo, Ronald Jones. This is going to be something to watch. Every quarterback in their first year with Bruce Arians has 40 turnover-worthy plays. Andrew Luck, great. Carson Palmer, great. Rojo had
2: nine yards yesterday. Carson Palmer, great.
0: Jameis Winston had it. He's not so great. Tom Brady right now before the before the Saints game he had three turnover worthy plays on pace for six now he has six he's on pace for 12
1: and that's three one. that's six?
0: that's three times less what? that's three he's times six what? you should have been listening that's three he's times he's less turnover that's he's three like. times less than every other quarterback had in their first year with Bruce Arians offense this offense is hard to understand and Tom Brady's still learning to master it, but he's going to master it by the time that time the end of the season comes. So, so
1: let me ask you something before we keep going. You made a guarantee before that this wasn't you. going to happen again. Are you guaranteeing that the Bucs are not going to have a performance like this again this season, or specifically against the Saints?
0: It, it won't happen this season against any team, even including the playoffs. So
1: do you think they're going to go undefeated
0: the rest of the way?
2: You know they play. Kansas I don't City think in a few I don't weeks, think right.
0: they go undefeated, but I think. They won't have an embarrassing loss like this. Not Tom Brady. Jack, I have no a question way. for
2: you. You know they play Kansas City in a few weeks, but we're not even. <laughs> Jack, didn't... let me ask you a question. How many, because he's talking about the Cognuity and the Bucs. I get it. The Bucs are a new team. They have to get it together. They're one in three against competition. Two two Ls against the Saints. One L against the Bears. And they've beaten the Green Bay. How long, does it... How long do you think it would take for them to get it going?
1: I'll say this: When you have Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, I will give them the benefit of the doubt. If they can make it into the playoffs, I'm not betting. I'm not betting against them.
2: That's fair assessment.
1: Is five games enough to get it together?
2: Five games. Five in the NFL
1: season. Nah, I it's five and, and I it's think that I think you also have to give them the benefit of the doubt on the fact that there wasn't any offseason, there wasn't the OTAs. I mean, the the Saints are chokers. I, wait, but it, it, and it, they've been dealing with injuries too. God it would make man, sense. It,
2: that would make sense if he would have not picked them to win the game j- based off just their talent alone. You guaranteed a win yesterday.
0: I don't think I ever guaranteed a win. Oh
2: my God.
0: you can try to pull up the clip. you said I don't think, think I've
2: ever I guaranteed think, to win. I think
1: picking them to win is fine. I don't know You if said I would the bucks
2: you, you said win. the bucks weren't going to lose again. You said they were going to win on Sunday night. That's what you told me. and then they went in there and they got smoked out by 30. 30 points, 30 points. They're not gonna do it when it matters. The Saints are
0: chokers. They've been chokers. And what have the Bucs they shown you find, that they're not chokers? They find. Stop talking moves. about. Tell me about the team. What have the Bucks shown you? What this have season? the Bucks? What have the Bucks shown me when their wait, back is tra- against the wait, wait, wall keep- and everybody likes to crucify them in the media? What have they shown you? Keep- After the Bears lost, when they had Who'd the they most, beat? when they had the most penalties, they had ten penalties or eleven for Who'd over hundred yards. Relax, Chicago. They faced them. They lost. Everybody crucified them in the media. What happened the very next game? Zero we penalties. they smoked out good That's bag. the Tom Brady effect. And now oh. they lost to the Saints, but this does not matter. Oh, what, now it doesn't what, matter. What, what it doesn't matter. What, what, what matters is what they're going to do in the playoffs, and the Saints are going to do nothing. Tampa Bay, Buccaneers are going to do everything.
2: They're going to win the Super Bowl. Let's assess the game a little bit. What happened? Talk to me. What happened What happened during the game?
0: You watched it. Look, what I think would happen is that the Saints had a great defensive scheme, and I'll go out on a limb and say that I think Bruce Arians and that Tampa Bay Buccaneers coaching staff is holding back. Not going to show you the well, plays they, they're gonna they do. It. They definitely they're they're, they're, they're going to wait until they I'm face them it. and it's a real game.
1: It's a real game. Then road. they're going to embarrass they them when it's the playoffs. Bruce Arians and that coaching staff definitely got embarrassed yesterday. They only ran the ball five times. One of them was a quarterback kneel at the end of the game. That's the least in a game in uh in in. The Super Bowl era. Bruce Arians
0: runs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers run the most, or call the most deep, deep passes, deep routes. The longest progressing plays in the NFL. And Tom Brady, one thing he didn't have yesterday? was time. Was time. Donovan Smith is horrible. But you got to give credit. Against good You got to give credit to the the Saints Saints on that.
2: And Sean Payne said a great quote. I'll give credit to the
0: Saints, but it won't happen again. Sean
2: Payne said a great quote at halftime. He said, whoever's going to get to the quarterback is going to win this game. And that's, how I, that's what it was. The Saints was getting that time, Brady. was giving him no time. Guess who? Well, more than one. It was, it was an embarrassment. So you give no credit to the Saints for this victory.
0: Oh, I give them credit. You won a regular season game. All right. You won a cookie, but you're going to choke in the playoffs. That's what happens every year. Minnesota miracle comes to mind. Pass interference play against the Rams. Then I, wish last I, could, year, I wish I could talk about last Tampa's year, playoff. Then, then last anything. year against the Vikings. That's who they are. They They are a great regular season team. They are a not-so-great playoff team.
1: To Riv's point, though, the Bucs have not done anything in the playoffs recently. Tom Granted, Brady has. a different team. Tom
0: Brady is that it's guy. It's a different situation. Tom though.
2: Brady has.
1: with the. Pay- Please stop talking about the Patriots.
0: What were the Patriots, Riv? They were one of the best-ranked defenses in the NFL, right? Last year? Well, just throughout Tom Brady's tenure there. They were, right? Yeah, you can say that. What are the Bucs this year? One of the better-ranked defenses in the NFL. Things, of course, no, not yesterday. They don't but, have, yeah. they don't have Bill Belichick. But I think right now this is Tom Brady's most talented group that he's ever been with.
2: I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that because they just got punched in the mouth yesterday. You need to humble yourself for real. You need you'll to really see, humble I'm yourself. I'm just saying.
1: I don't see. I don't disagree with you saying that the Bucks are are the best team in the league. I think they still have. The the most, I think they are arguably the most talented team in the league. I just don't agree with you saying that Bruce Arians and the coaching staff are holding back. I just think that they got straight up beat by the Saints. I think, I
2: think you've been you was talking this year. You've been downplaying the Saints, talking about they're not Super Bowl contenders. They're not going to make the Super Bowl. You've been on you've been on your high horse talking they're about the, talking about the Bucks, Bucks this, Bucks that, Bucks Bucks this, all that all year. You you haven't been giving any other credit to any other NFC team. Well, let's just be realistic. The Bucks haven't looked the best in the nfc every team has their their fair share of moments outside of Consistent, outside of
0: yesterday the bucks did look like the best team in the
2: nfc that's not true because before yes. that bills games the seahawks looked really great too the seahawks before, were before never vikings, better than the before bucks before the vikings game, i'm talking about who looks better before the vikings games the, they were Pac- never better the packers the were looking great too they didn't
0: look better than the bucks have you seen seattle's defense they were never a better team than the Bucs. but the bucks the didn't. bucks were the best team in the nfc before yesterday the bucks didn't look that impressive to start the season either yeah, but they still look better than the Seahawks. Did they look, they better, look better than, the better than Green Bay? Well, out yesterday the Saints looked better, but I, before that, the person, Bucks, personally, the Bucks, personally, I
1: disagree. Up until Week Six, when maybe when the Seahawks uh, when up the, Seahawks until the Green lost, Bay game,
2: up until the Green Bay game against when the Bucks played the Green Bay game, that's when people were talking about. Okay, the Bucks might be dead serious.
1: Man. I think that before Week Six, when the Seahawks were still undefeated, they were the most impressive team in the NFC. The,
0: the question was never are the Bucks were the are the Bucks dead serious. It was always. When are they going to figure it out? We know they're dead serious. It's so about me, them figuring it out, and that they're going to do
1: that. I and just they, don't, They're slowly doing it. But I just do don't it. see. You're how, making excuses. I just don't see how you could say the Bucks are the best team in the NFC by far, and then not give the Saints any credit for being everybody. Them twice. What
0: everybody is doing is overreacting. That's what everybody's doing.
2: Blowout, bro. It's
0: overreaction. That's what everybody's doing, It's overreacting.
1: I'm not overreacting to what the Bucks are because of it, but I do think that with two wins against who we agree is the best team in the NFC, you have to give the Saints their credit. Yes, I did in the regular season. In the playoffs, no, you they did not do anything. Yes, I did. I, I just said it.
0: No, I said did. that it so shows are they, me so that they're they, a great regular season team. So are
2: they Super Bowl contenders now? No, hell no. So it's just only the Bucs that are Super Bowl contenders? It's only
0: the Bucs. are the only team that's going to make it in the NFC. They're going
1: to make the Super Bowl. You can clip that one.
2: So, if, okay, so, okay. We'll, we'll
1: see that one in January. One way or another, we will see that clip in so January. So, the
2: Bucs are the best team in the league, in your mind.
0: They will win the Super Bowl. I'm talking to the camera. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, led by Tom Brady, will win the Super Bowl and they will cruise by the
1: NFC in the playoffs. So,. We'll see it in January. I, I don't think there's anything more to say on the topic. We will see I, in January. I just January. don't know what you sh- what they've shown Re-
2: me to say. They're crews by anybody.
1: Remember this moment when the snow is falling in January, a freezing cold winter day it's global in warming. Hackensack, New Jersey. <laughs> that clip will come back in late January.
2: I just heard a lot of excuses. Oh, they weren't taking it serious. Also,
1: That's while, ridiculous. while you guys were going on that argument, the Patriots got an interception and have drove down the field inside the 10 yard line. Hey, I'm They're watching the game right now. I'm also watching the game. That is such
2: a Jets way to go.
1: All right. So now
0: we're going to go on to our second to last topic of the show NFL Pick'em week 10. First game of the week, Thursday night game Colts versus Titans.
1: I have the Indianapolis Colts.
2: Colts versus Titans. I'm also. Oh, wow. I'm, uh, I'm going. I'm keeping it on my limb. Titans.
1: I'm also going Colts. They have the third ranked. D, they have the third-ranked defense in the league in points allowed and first in yards per game, um, and the Titans they've been seesawing all year. Hopefully the Colts get Ty Hilton
0: back. I, I'm not yeah. sure on any of these injuries, yeah. but hopefully they get Ty Hilton. I'm going to go Colts, Titans, Texans versus Browns. That's the next game. I have
1: the, I have the Browns in this game. <laughs> he was
2: hesitating. Uh Browns.
1: I also have the Browns. I went back and forth on this one, but, man, the Texans' defense is just putrid. They barely beat the Jaguars with Jake Luton at quarterback, which is an embarrassment. Should not have been close. And the Browns are also potentially getting Nick Chubb back, so I'm going Browns. Washington versus the Lions. Washington. This is two teams coming off a terrible week. Matt Stafford looked horrible last week, but so did Alex Smith coming in for Kyle Allen. I'm going to go Detroit just because I think that I trust Matt Stafford more to figure it out over over the next week than anybody that the Washington football team is putting in at quarterback. I think Washington
0: steals this game. Alex Smith, outside of those, outside of him being horrible in the clutch yesterday, he actually was pretty good and created a spark for Washington, and I think he gets his first win of the season as a starter against Detroit. Granted, he plays. Who knows if it's Dwayne Haskins or not, but I think it's going to be Alex Smith. Yeah, I think how they about win.
1: Dwayne Haskins got buried there?
0: Buccaneers versus Panthers. No debate here. I have the
1: Buccaneers winning this one. I'm also going Buccaneers. It looks Bucs. like Christian McCaffrey is going to be out again next week, so if you had any hope that the Panthers were going to win that game, I don't nah, think. I'm go because they did look really good against the Chiefs too with Christian McCaffrey who game, looked yeah. – Right back at that elite level, but you know, I, I just think that the Bucks are going to come back behind Tom Brady, behind Bruce Arians. It's a good leadership system. Another week of practice for Antonio Brown. I think they figure it out.
2: Yeah, they're playing some losers.
1: Next
0: game: Eagles versus Giants. I have the Eagles winning this one.
2: The Giants haven't beaten us since 2016. It's going to continue. I have the Eagles.
1: Yeah, I got the Eagles too, and I just had to bring up the stat. In Daniel Jones' 21 NFL starts, he's 4-0 against the Washington football team and 0-17 against the I've rest of the league. I've seen
2: that. Where did I see that? I've seen that. I was crying.
1: And since the Bengals game, the Eagles have been good. Even in their losses, they've been really competitive. So I, I think the Eagles are going to win this And we're getting easy.
2: healthy. <claps> like hear.
1: And the Patriots just scored.
2: Did they really? Yeah. What score?
1: 27-26,
2: you pending the extra terrible. point.
0: Next game, Jaguars versus Packers. Who
1: Packers. wins that game? Yeah, I got the Packers too.
0: Pretty easy for it me. sounds like the some
1: pretty easy games. Oh, week. I don't even know who's playing quarterback for the for the Jaguars. Is it going to be a Luton again? Whoever it is, I think it's they'll. It get doesn't the matter Lons. really. Bills versus Cardinals. Who wins that game?
2: Bills is hot right now, so I'm going to take the Bills.
1: I'm going Bills too. I I wanted to pick the Cardinals in this game because I love the Cardinals, but I just think that Josh Allen's going to carry off that performance because you look at the Cardinals' defense last week against the Dolphins. They struggled against Tua, who you know we still don't know what he is. So Josh Allen, who's shown what he could be this season, I think it's going to be another shootout, and Josh Allen's going to be too much to handle. I think the Cardinals win this game.
0: Uh, Bills don't have a running game, so I think the Cardinals can try to neutralize their pass more. I'm not sure where Byron Murphy is. I don't think he even played last week. I know the Cardinals are pretty thin at corner right now, but if they are healthy... And even if they're not, I think I, I think the Cardinals ba- bounce back this game. Next game, Chargers versus Dolphins.
2: I don't even trust the Chargers in any type of game. So I'm gonna go with Miami. I think they're rolling right now. I think they'll secure this one.
1: Yeah, I'm going with the Dolphins too. I'm also going Dolphins. The Chargers. It seems like they find new ways to lose yeah. every week. I think it's gonna be another shootout. And like we mentioned before, they're one and six in games decided by seven or less this season. So if it comes down to it. They're going to find will, a way yeah, to lose. I will pick
2: the other team all the time.
1: Next game, Broncos versus Raiders. Raiders. I also went Raiders. I I wanted to go Broncos, too. There were a bunch of games that I really wanted to pick the dogs in, but...
2: I picked them last
1: week, and they lost. I don't know. Derek Carr looks so good. I, I feel like I can't pick against them this week.
0: Yeah, I got the Raiders, too. Uh, Drew Locke, he's great in the second half. In the first half, he's pretty... No yeah. because,
1: because they're playing from behind every week.
0: Mm-hmm. But it's something with him, too. I think... It, He just kind of recognizes what the defense is doing in the second half better. It takes some time. So I have the Raiders. Next game is the Seahawks versus the Rams.
1: I have the Rams in this game.
2: Taking the Hawks. Mm.
1: I'm going Seahawks. And I debated back and forth between this one. But since 2010, uh, which is when Pete Carroll took over, Seahawks are 42-16 and coming off a loss. It's the best winning percentage in the NFL coming off a loss. I think Russ bounces back. He's not going to have as bad of a week as he did last week. And with a with the 49ers banged up or I'm sorry, with the Rams uh you know, not they've been questionable all season long. You know, they've looked great at times and they've looked not great at times. I I'm, I'm going Seahawks. I think they figure it, figure it out after a very bad week. Next game Bengals versus Steelers. I have the Steelers in this one. Steelers. Steelers also.
2: Is that the Monday night game or no? No. I think
1: it's going to be closer than people think, though. No. It depends. I the don't Bengals know. have been competitive Joe all Burrow, year
0: long. Joe Burrow against a great defense, and the Ravens look bad. They look bad as a team. I think against the Steelers, it might be the same. Next game, 49ers versus the New Orleans Saints. 49ers are really hurt right now.
2: Who that nation, man?
0: So I'm guessing I'll have the Saints because 49ers are really banged up.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: I I think it's it's obvious. I'm also going Saints. The Niners just dealing with way too many injuries and the COVID list too. They lost all of their receivers to the COVID list. So, Ravens versus
0: Patriots Sunday night football. I have the Ravens in this one.
1: Ravens. I also have the Ravens.
0: Then the Monday night football game: the Vikings versus the Bears.
2: I think the Bears neutralized Dalvin Cook, so I'm gonna go with the Bears
1: i go with the Bears, too. This is an interesting one because I was going to pick Vikings at first. They're on a two-game winning streak. The Bears on a three-game losing streak. But you look into it. The Vikings have lost 16 of their last 19 games at Soldier Field. The Kirk Cousins curse. He's (laughs) 0-9 on Monday Night Football and 0-3 with the Vikings against the Bears. Dalvin Cook has played two of his worst career games against the Bears in the last two seasons. So I'm going Bears. I think they turn it around. And that does it for our NFL
0: Pick'Em Week 10. Comment down your picks for the week and the game that you're most looking forward to as well.
2: Whoa.
0: Now we're getting to, in, getting to our last segment of the episode, NFL Power Rankings Week 10.
2: I really
1: want to hear yours. I just want to know, before we go into Power Rankings, how the Jets got the ball back with two minutes left. And, and, and now they're punting to the Patriots with 45 seconds, and the Patriots did not use a timeout. That is very bad.
0: Mm. Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm watching it right now.
2: Maybe they're going into overtime.
0: Okay. NFL Power Rankings Week 10. Now I finally have the uh the graphic up there on the TV. NFL Power Rankings Week 10. Third time I've said it. I'll start first my 10th team, 10th ranked team in the NFL right now. Where we is, going? 10 10, yeah, 10 10 10. Go go yeah. on. Oh, 10, 10, 10, 10. Yeah, we might as well do it like, yeah. Is the Miami Dolphins, I think their win against the Cardinals was exceptional, 10th-ranked offense, 4th-ranked defense. I think they they don't slow down, so I have them as my 10th-ranked team right now. Yeah,
1: before I give my number 10, I just want to say that there were a bunch of teams that I considered for 10. I want to say the Cardinals, Rams, Raiders, Colts were all... In my mental thought process, but I went Dolphins because they impressed me a lot the last two weeks. I was
2: kind of like torn between the Raiders and the Dolphins, but in the end, I got to give it to the more competitive win. So I got to put Dolphins at 10. They jump into my top 10, so they're going at 10 for me.
0: The 19th for me is the Seattle Seahawks. Their defense is atrocious, and they dropped all the way to 9 to me because I don't think they're better than the Packers right now. I don't think they're better than the Titans or the Ravens. The Seahawks defense is a problem. It's a legitimate concern, and Russell Wilson can't continue, can't keep
1: continuing to carry this team like he has been. Uh, at nine, I went Titans. Uh, they've been, and this is another one. Uh, pretty much all past the number one and two spots could be flip flopped, but I, I went Titans just because I feel like I can't trust them in any game. I know they're going to compete every week, but I feel like I can't trust them in any game. Um, and I'll talk more about that pick with my next pick, but I went Titans at nine.
2: Uh, week nine, I got to go Seahawks. I feel like I'm a win-loss guy. I go week by week, and the Seahawks lost against the Bills. Being it's not a bad loss, but that defense just let up 44 points. I'm going to go Seahawks at nine.
0: My 8th ring team is the Green Bay Packers. I think they the win against the 49ers wasn't impressive, and I still have them below the Titans, Ravens, because they can't stop the run. The Ravens, Titans, they're great at running the ball. So I think those two teams are better than Green Bay right now. I have them at 8.
1: I put the Seahawks at 8. This is a team that I docked big time for that loss to the Bills because it was bad. The reason I really put them ahead of the Titans at 9 is because I think they have the talent to turn it around defensively. But they have to do that, and I'll keep that in mind moving forward. But I, I went Seahawks at 8.
2: Uh, I agree with you. Titans, 8. I feel like they got the win. With him. Oh, I'm sorry. I feel like uh they got the win. No, I'm sorry. I don't agree with you then. You had Titans with... at 8. No, I had Packers at 8. I'm sorry. Mm. Uh, Packers wow. at 8. Yeah, because the Niners win, like you said, wasn't impressive. And the next two teams had more impressive wins. So I'm going to go ahead and put Packers at 8.
0: My seventh-ranked team is the Tennessee Titans. I was thinking about putting them over the Ravens, but I think the Ravens have been better this season. If we're talking about who I think would win, that's a different conversation. But I think the Titans are the seventh-ranked team in the league. They have to fix up that defense, and hopefully Desmond King and Adoree Jackson, his addition, and Jadavian Clowney, yeah. them healthy, they can be a way better defense than they are right now.
1: And Desmond King made a, an early impact this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Bucks at seven. I dock them a <laughs> lot. I, I docked them. <laughs> I docked them a lot for that loss to the Saints because, Joe. in turn, I gave the Saints a lot of credit for that win. Good job. And this was, I mean, I could see the Bucks anywhere from four to seven. So it's no disrespect to the Bucs, but I just, I feel like because of that loss, if I'm docking the Seahawks as much as I did for that loss, mm-hmm. I feel gotta like gotta it's pay, only yeah. right to dock the Bucs just as much.
2: Seven, I'm going to go Titans. I feel like. The next team in front of them that had a better win, a more impressive win, so I'm going to just say I got Titans at my seventh pick.
0: Sixth best team for me is the Baltimore Ravens. I think it was a pretty whatever win against the Colts. I think they should have lost that game, but I think throughout the season they've been better than all the teams that I've mentioned so far, but the Ravens still have some flaws, and that's why they're the sixth-ranked team in the NFL for me.
1: I originally did not have that te- this team at six. I actually just changed it at the start of the segment. I, I put Packers at six. Ooh. I just flipped it. I had them higher originally, but you know, like you guys mentioned, that win over the 49ers is not convincing. But they've looked solid. I think they're a legit Super Bowl contender. Their defense isn't on par with a lot of the teams that they're going to have to go through. But Aaron Rodgers is, is, is really... Turning that offense into a machine. Devontae Adams and his connection is unlike almost any other wide receiver quarterback combo in the league. I have them at six.
2: Number six, they creep in my top five. I got Buffalo, man. I was really impressed with that win against the Seahawks. I was impressed by Josh Allen, that he can go out there. He could put up those numbers. So I'm gonna get their defense still gotta get better, but I got them at six because that was a pretty great win. I'm
0: actually going to follow up on what you said. I have the Buffalo Bills at 5. Oh. I think that Josh Allen they is creep- playing at a oh. at a great MVP level. And if they can figure out that run game, I think they'll be a team to look out for moving forward. Probably third, the
1: third best team in the AFC right now. I also had the Bills at 5. They were the team that I switched with the Packers. I had them at 6 originally, but then when I was thinking about my formula, I'm saying to myself, "How can I not give the Bills credit for that win over the Seahawks? It was so impressive, and we've been talking about it for weeks now. If the Bills can get through this stretch, they show you they're a real contender, and I think the fact that they were able to outduel a guy like Russell Wilson and not just outduel him, but embarrass that Seahawks team" I give them a lot of credit, and I don't even know if I had them in my top ten last week. I think I might have had them at ten, yeah, or the last time we did power rankings, they jumped up a lot for me with that Seahawks. One.
2: number five is I got the bill I mean I got the bucks man I, they dropped to my five spot that loss It wasn't damaging to drop them all the way to seven, but it was damaging enough where I had to throw them down to five, so I got them at five
0: so the fourth ranked team for me is the Tampa Bay Bucks embarrassing loss against the Saints. Had to drop them down. Uh, hopefully, throughout the season, they could be played better and I'll move them up. But then again, this is not who I think will win the Super Bowl. But based off the regular season right now, they are number four.
1: I'm just happy because Nick Folk just hit a game winning field goal. I'm, I, I'm yeah, cheesing right it. now. That's poetic. I've loved Nick Folk <laughs> since he was a Jet. So thank you, Nick. Um, but my team at number four is the Ravens. I think that defense is a monster unit. And, you know, we talked about it before when we were talking about the Ravens. Lamar Jackson has shown me in the past two weeks that he's starting to put it together when playing from behind, and if he can do that, they're scary. I I really trust in that defense, and and that's why I have them as high as I did. But, again, they're in that conversation. Like, anywhere from, like, seven to three, I think all those teams can flip around or interchangeable.
2: And I agree with you. I got them at four. Ravens, my Ravens, I feel like they – had an impressive win against the Colts. Good bounce back. Time for them to show what they really are about. Lamar's going to keep getting better. That defense is going to keep showing why they're one of the best in the league. So that's why I got them at four.
0: My third best team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was oh. really a bad, a bad win against the Cowboys. Cowboys really gave them run for their money, and I think that's not what people were expecting. We were expecting the Cowboys to get blown out. So that's why I have the Steelers as the third ranked team in the NFL right
1: now. I. Have the Saints at three. I was really impressed with that win over the Bucks, um, but I, I'll get to why I don't have them higher with my next pick. But you know, I, I really do think that this solidified them as an actual contender. I think that Drew Brees, most importantly, showed he can play at that elite level still, and they got a big boost off of this one.
2: Saints at three. Been saying this all year. They're dangerous. They're Super Bowl contenders. They could beat any team in the NFC. I have them at three. I feel like this team is starting to click. This is about I think, uh, four wins in a row. And they've been on the tear, man. They got wins against the Bears and the Bucks, so twice. So let's see what they're going to do for the rest of the season. I got them at three.
0: Second best team in the NFL for me so far is the New Orleans Saints heading into week 10. <laughs> the Saints are getting Michael Thomas back. They're going to be a team that's probably going to be on a roll throughout the regular season. But like I said, I don't believe in them come playoff time. But regular season, they are going to be great, and I have them at two right now.
1: I have the Steelers at two. Still, like you mentioned, it was an ugly win against the Steelers, but they did what they had to do. Against they the took care. Of, uh, that's what I meant. They took care of business, you know. And I get they haven't had the most impressive cast of wins, but you can only beat who's in front of you. They're eight no, and the only reason they're not at one is because there is a juggernaut in this league. Steelers at two for me.
2: Juggernaut, yes, but I have the Chiefs at two, just for the simple fact. Ah, uh, get on wide. The other team is at one, but yes, I have the Chiefs at two. They've been consistent. They've been dominant, but that one loss is why I have them at two.
0: Number one ranked team in the NFL for me is the Kansas City Chiefs. Who would have known Le'Veon Bell could not even have productive weeks since going there, and they're still going to find a way to win week in and week out? They are a dangerous team. They have the best quarterback in the NFL, a top 10 defense in the NFL. This team is the best in the NFL, and I think I've said NFL like 50 times right now, (laughs) but it's true. They they are a team that I think can be the first one in a, in a while to repeat back to back
2: Super Bowls.
1: I was just gonna Didn't say, did the Patriots do it a couple years ago? I'm bugging. They're, I'm not sure. They're my Super Bowl champions right now. I think
2: they just went back to back. I don't think they. And, and I'll
1: back-to-back. stand by that. the The Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. That defense has been better than we thought it was going to be, and the offense is what we know it is. Patrick Mahomes, like you said, best quarterback in the NFL. And his connection with Tyreek Hill rivals that Devontae Adams, uh Aaron Rodgers connection. That offense is so dangerous. Travis Kelsey playing second fiddle to Tyreek Hill is ridiculous. Clyde Ebertelaire has looked really good in that rookie role stepping in. And like you said, Le'Veon hasn't even done anything yet. And we know he can he can still play at a high level at that running back position if used right. So I just don't see how anybody can beat this team in the playoffs.
2: Number one for me is the Steelers. Ugly win or not, they are still undefeated and still have yet to put a loss in that mark. So I have to keep them at one until they go down and get an L. So I got the Steelers at one.
0: So that does it for our Week 10 Power Rankings. If you made it this far, we want to thank you for sticking it out through the whole episode. This This is is a a long one. It's a two-hour episode. It was a long one. It's a two-hour episode. We want to thank you guys for listening or watching, whatever you guys are doing right now. If you guys would care to support us, support us on Instagram at Pick Aside Podcast, on TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast as well, on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod, and subscribe to us on YouTube and share our videos, comment, like, and subscribe. Do all that stuff. It's been a long episode, so I'm gonna leave you guys right now. Thank you guys for watching, and see you next time.